0: I'm Chase Rolson with RubLine Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman.
1: class
0: what is up welcome to the working class bow hunter podcast I'm pretty sure this is episode 398 holy smokes man closing on that Damn. 400 game it's just Clint Casper and I right here what's up Clint
2: What's up my man? Three ninety eight. Holy shit.
0: That's what I'm assuming this number is. If if it doesn't end up being three ninety eight and people are like, this is three ninety nine or three ninety seven, they're gonna be like, I don't know, these guys are stupid, but we're in there. I'm it's, i'm pretty Damn. sure it'll be three ninety eight.
2: That is wild. Wow.
0: It's been crazy. So thank you guys for the journey. We're pushing four hundred. We got something kind of special planned for that. Um real quick. It's it's kinda funny, Clint and I always end up podcasting just us two because it's like Out of our normal schedule and with everybody's work schedule, it's just kind of like, dude, I'm done. Either we're done hunting or Clint's done in the field or done with his day job or whatever. And we're like, all right, let's get together and record. And it's just 8 o'clock at night on a weeknight. And the other boys got an hour drive. That's why it ends up working this way. So just a heads up, if you guys are like, what's going on? Um, So the podcast... Quick, I, I want to do a quick thank you to our partners before I move on. I'm just going to go through them quick. Don't skip them, please. Just help support the people who support us. Um, HHA Sports—they provide you guys with the code WCB15. Um, I think the leader in single pen sites. They offer a lifetime warranty on their sites and their rest. So you really—it's a one-time buy on a quality American-made product. Um, also, Scent Crusher—super thankful for their partnership. Um, both HHA and Scent Crusher have been partners for a while now. Um, loophole optics, Thermoset. seat. We have a code for Thermoset: seat WCTS at Thermoset's website. And we also have working class bow hunter Thermosets seats coming to the working class bow hunter store. So that'd be cool. You'll be able to buy your own Thermoset seat for your tree stand, your mobile setup, whatever you got with the working class logo on them. They're going to be Brown with the black logo. We're going to go flashier. Maybe we will down the road, but we kind of want to go low key. And just nice and clean. We're not going too thick. Not too thin, but just the light, functional setup through ThermoSeat. So super excited about that. Um, Victory Archery. I'm shooting the RIP TKOs this year. Absolutely love that arrow. Having confidence in your arrow setup is, I think, number one when you're an archer. You feel good about it. And when you draw back on something, you feel confident that it's going to get the job done. Um, Gator Outdoors. a Lifestyle brand. A retailer for your favorite brands. Um, check them out. All social media. Gator Outdoors. They... Gave you guys a code, our listeners, WCB10 at Gator. And you can get, you can buy Gator merch. You can buy True Timber camo through them. You can buy, I mean, tree stands, trail cameras, all the goodies. They're, they're kind of like the local homegrown Amazon for outdoor people, if you will. Um, outfitting the working class, as they like to say, which we love that. So check out Gator Outdoors. And they, they are a retailer for True Timber camo. That is a cheap but quality camo for somebody that's wanting to get in. To a different setup or wanting to try some different things out. Super affordable, uh, very working class friendly there. Uh, Elite yeah. Archery, Outdoor Group, everything, code WCB10. Um, big Time. Our code WCB2020 through Big Time is still functioning and working. Um, whether you can do supplemental feed in your state or food plot seat for the Illinois boys. I uh, mean, Clint, you can do supplemental feed in Ohio. Yep. Yep. Which, which is cool. Oh, yeah. You can actually ton. bait in Ohio if you wanted, right?
2: Oh, oh yeah, I run a ton of. I mean, you pretty much name Big Time, um, any product from them. I've either I am running it, or have run it, or run it during certain times of the year, etc. I mean, yeah, hundred uh, percent sold on anything that has Big Time logo and Big Time's name on it. I'm a uh, giant fan.
0: And it helps when you got cool dudes like Joe Humphreys behind the brand. That actually makes a big difference with customer service. Oh, yeah. And yep. kind of like yep. they, they support us, man. How can you not want to back up oh, me yeah. like that? Um, Absolutely. And Old Barn Taxidermy. Um, hopefully this will launch before I, – I hope this is a public thing. Sorry, Old Barn, if it's not. October 16th, they're having a chilly night. I think that starts at 6 p.m. in Fort Madison, Iowa. But Old nice. Barn Taxidermist is our spot for taxidermy. Everything taxidermy. They got everybody covered. <laughs> fair price, great quality, good turnaround. Actually, more than fair price for the great quality and the fast turnaround. I don't know what else you want on taxidermist. You're always excited to get that thing back. I'm going to be a old barn taxidermy drop off point too at my house. So the studio will actually be a place. If you live near me and you shoot an animal and you don't want to drive all the way to Fort Madison, you can come drop it off. I check it in old barn comes and picks it up all the correct way they need to do from state to state and whatnot. And then they get it there and they got you taken care of. Pretty cool. Um, also too, if you shoot at a critter and you take it to old barn, you're like, Hey, I listen to working-class hunters, They told me to come here. They'll go, you don't say, and they'll put your name in a drawing for next year to win a free shoulder mount out of just oh. the, the working-class listeners.
2: Nice. Nice. So, that's dope.
0: Yeah, last week I think we said there was 10 listeners, um, so you had a 1 in 10 chance. Now it's 1 in 12. We've got two more listeners this week. So I don't know actually how many people listen, but I know your chances would be pretty good. So check it out. And they also have an old bar in Colorado too. So that's good. That's good. Oh,
2: nice. I didn't know that. That's cool.
0: Yeah, dude, they're uh, they're slowly taking over the taxidermy game. It's it's quite impressive. Oh
2: yeah, oh they. I mean, I, I've looked at a lot of your stuff, and I mean, they. Yeah, they do a hell of a job. There's no doubt.
0: I should have my bear back. Um, that sounded weird. I'll have my bear back from the taxidermist probably in a few weeks.
2: Oh, I'm so I'm so pumped for you to get that back, man. Gosh, dang, that was a pretty bear.
0: Yeah, I'm doing a uh, half mount. Yeah, uh, I'm like coming yep. out onto a rock, and then they're going to tame the back half of the hide for me, so I can. You know, put it put it on the bed over my wife's pillow and stuff like that. So,
2: I was going to say so that way I can lay on that naked whenever I stay at your guy's house, but whatever you want to do with it.
0: Right. I'll lay it on your cot for you in the studio because that's... Oh,
2: that, that's awesome. I love that cot. Love the studio. And then now if I can lay naked in the back end of your bear, I don't know. I really don't know what <laughs> more I could ask for. It's
0: fucked up, man. It's fucked up. <laughs> well, dude, what's up, man? I think the, the last time we had a podcast, we podcast together, I was super, super <laughs> tired. And probably sick. I feel feel like all I've been is sick lately and we've been postponing this because I've been sicker than hell. I tested negative for COVID, but I've been off work and this was the first day that I feel like fairly normal. So thanks for letting me put this off. No, uh,
2: absolutely, man. I totally get it. It's uh, it's not all that fun probably to podcast with me. Because I'm always yelling and screaming when you've got a headache and don't feel good. So I totally
0: get it. And a legit ear infection, which is weird as fuck for me. I've never had an adult ear infection. It's terrible.
2: And that would make it even worse because, you know, when I go on my tangents and get all loud and shit, the ear infection deal, that would probably make you want to blow your brains out. So I I get it, dude. I get it. (laughs) The middle ear (laughs)
0: infection quickly turns into an inner (laughs) ear infection. And then I can't walk.
2: Yeah, I think the last time we podcasted, man, I'm pretty sure I was on my way to Colorado, which that trip ended up being just an absolute fucking disaster. I mean... Like, oh, yeah, still, yeah. You got to yeah. update
0: everybody there. I forgot.
2: So, I mean, just long story short, it, it's my solo Colorado mule deer high country and bow hunt. I go on every year, it's like, you know, different unit every year. Um I always call it my title fight because it's it's a... It's a First solo hunt of the year. It's usually my hardest hunt of the year, but I love it. I love being in the high country. I love chasing velvet. Long story short, it was 81 day, and in a 48-hour span, it was they were calling for 12 to 14 inches of snow and down in the 20s, roads being closed, people evacuating the mountain. Basically, it was time for me to head back. I was there two days scouting, two and a half days of hunting, still had eight days of hunting ahead of me, and basically that was the end. So it was a very long um fucking to lack of better term awful 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 26 and a half hour ride home by myself
0: so you had a scouting and then a leaving trip that's what you did you scouted and then I, you left
2: i scouted i hunted 2 days i just started to sort of figure some stuff out found a really good buck that i was super stoked to hunt and literally the next day my garmin inreach and my phone in spots where I had service, those two combined were literally blowing up with weather alerts, people getting a hold of me that knew I was there. Um, like, dude, you gotta get off the mountain, dude, you gotta get the hell out of there, dude, they're gonna shut all the roads down, dude, you can't, your truck can't be that Like, you know, just a, just a bombardment of, holy shit, get out of there now. So, it was a mad dash scramble, tear camp down, get back to the truck. You know, it, yeah, it was, it was a total, for you know, excuse the language, but a total clusterfuck. Um, but that's real. That is adventure bow hunting and on these out of state trips, that will not be the first nor the last trip that I have that you have something unexpected, you know, totally derail you. Right. Um, right. I would never ever ever expect to see weather like that again like that drastic, but it does It was happen. early
0: on, right? I mean, but yeah, you're in the high Dude, country. It was the
2: end of, it was the end of August. I mean, it was literally it was literally 88 degrees the day I got there. Um, that was in the high country. Down low, it was in the 90s. And I mean, yeah, you know, would have never guessed that was going to take place. But lesson learned. I mean, that stuff can and will happen. And if you do enough of these hunts, especially out west hunts where the weather's so crazy because of the high elevation, you will run into moments and times like that. And I mean. For me, it was just like it made more sense to pull the plug, save my days, go back to work, than to try to ride it out because it it was just going to be such awful weather. It's dangerous in the high country when you got that much snow because you got ice underneath, snow on top. I mean, it's it's just it's just not a great place to be to begin with. And to be honest, I mean, I just I wasn't ready. Like you know, I didn't have crampons, I didn't have snowshoes, I didn't have honestly a tent that could have withstood that. I mean, it just yeah, I mean
1: could and have been big problems.
2: It could have been big problems. And honestly, the, the biggest thing wasn't going to be grinding it out because I'm, I mean, you know, I'm cool with that. My biggest concern was safety and the roads being closed and me being stuck up there living out of my truck for four or five days, which would not have been good.
0: No, no. Good thing. Thank God for inReach.
2: Oh, dude. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, I knew that was coming 48 hours before it was coming, like because yeah. of the inReach. So, yeah. Very but yeah, cool. so that, that was our last podcast. That updated us up until then, you know, um, yep. next next up was Utah for Elk. So that's, so, that's so you drove
0: all the way home to Ohio. How long from the time you were home in Ohio before you left for Utah? Uh, seven days. So you're home a week. Home a week. Kissing the kids.
2: Uh, yep, home a week on, on my my long drive home. I said, okay, you're going to feel sorry for yourself. You're going to pout. You're going to be mad. You're going to hit your steering wheel. The minute you touch your driveway – Colorado's over. We're not thinking about it anymore. And now we're on to Utah. And that was my plan. I'm like, you know,
1: on the way home (laughs) from
0: Colorado, just did you listen to my chemical romance? I'm not okay all the way home.
2: Um, there was a lot of, there was, there was a lot of hours of me not listening to anything but my tires, (laughs) but my tires hum. (laughs) Um,
0: I know that. I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: I actually ignored a lot of phone calls, not on purpose, but just because I just didn't want to talk and I was just very, yeah, I was just very much so in a, a state of mind where I just wanted to be left alone. And I'm like, OK, he, this is going to be like your moment. you got 26 and got half hours to like kind of be a little brat, be, be pissy. And then the minute you get home, that's it. Like we're done thinking about Colorado. It's over. Now we're on to Utah. We're on to an over the counter elk tag that I knew was going to be super hard. And that was just like my mindset was the minute I touch my driveway. There's no more Colorado talk. We're not thinking about it and we're we're moving on. And yeah, that was
0: that's fair. That's a you good, know. good mindset, good attitude. Cause it's a lot of people have to realize if you've never and I haven't done like a lot of Western hunting, but I've done a fair amount to know like what it's like to yep. be successful and unsuccessful. And mm-hmm. when you're unsuccessful, yes, it does suck because it's such a commitment out there, such a commitment back. It's time, it's oh, yeah. money, it's all that. Yep. You're going to think about it until the next time you go back. So it yep. kind of just sucks if you only do one trip a year. Um, yep. But that's also what's super cool about it if you get it done. But it's also what makes you prepare and motivates you. And it's just – it's not easy. That's why everybody goes out there to try and kill a big one.
2: Yep. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, before we get going and I – let it slip my mind i mean i definitely want to express like how freaking awesome it is how many people you know reached out before that colorado hunt after the hunt like you know everyone knows how much that hunt means like they know i i live for that stuff like outside of my outside of my kids like those those hunts are like what i'm put here to do like i live for that stuff and it's it's crazy how much support and how many people are like you know like dude that sucks like but man like you're gonna kill it in utah like get your mind right get ready you know i mean like just just throughout the course of the year whether it's turkey season or elk hunt or whatever like it blows my mind how many people truly honestly like give a shit about what this 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 dude from ohio is doing which is honestly super cool it's mind-blowing it's hard for me to wrap my head around but i just want before we get into this i just want to make sure i say like i truly appreciate each and every comment like dm call text whatever whether it's picking me up or it's you know congratulating me or like you know the deal with Clyde I had so many people reach out like you know guys knew I was really freaking bumming about that like I honestly I you know guys and gals, I truly appreciate the hell out of each and every one of you I just want to throw that out there right off the rip so I don't forget that because that truly is really important to me I mean it's it's nuts it's honestly nuts the support that I have and I'm just a dude from Ohio that loves a bohun. I mean, that's I, honestly like, like, I'm no special, like, human being. It's that's just, that's just what I do. And people like to follow that. And that's awesome. And they, and, and I truly appreciate the hell out of all of them. So I just wanted to throw that out there before I forgot, before we get too deep into this. Thank you to everybody that supports this podcast and supports me. Honestly, we appreciate the shit out of you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So seeing the support like that is, oh, it's, re- it's refreshing. It's Even people that are yep. low key hating it still, you need them. Yep.
2: Yep, absolutely. But
0: so I, I get a lot of my Western fix through conversating with you, man. Throughout the regular, like, quizzing you on what your game plan is and stuff. But it's also like a lot of times in conversation. I mean, I, how many times do I say we're talking? I'm like, no, 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 don't tell me this yet. I want right. to, I want to wait right. for the podcast. Right. Because yep. I'll know in two days. Even though I want to know now, I'm like, no, 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 I don't. Don't tell me. I want to wait yep. until the podcast. So I'm like, I'm not going. Oh yeah, and I'm faking it. so i want it to be genuine i want like real questions when we conversate to pop up and and shit like that i want it to do its organic natural thing um so utah after after this colorado mule deer trip got tanked by weather you come home you do your pity party which i think is well deserved and because you're getting (laughs) you're getting back on it right after so it's like all right pity party over let's go yep yeah um which is super motivating i think um so did you drive out to utah
2: nope nope um in order to save days i'm lucky out there i got a lot of buddies um a lot lot of really good buddies jason Mackey and 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 devin leonard and ty glenn and easton wade and you know i got a bunch of buddies out there so i'm very lucky i can get picked great up. great circle of people off. by
0: the way i've met oh, most of those guys are awesome
2: yeah oh yeah great circle i mean i've got my buddy Dallas out there, I I went half and half with him on a big, um, like 17 cubic foot chest freezer. So like, I got freezers out there. I got freezer space. I got a taxidermist (laughs) out there. Like, like I'm set up really good in Utah, which is awesome because that is a long drive. That's a 28, 29 hour drive for me. So that's two days on the front, two days on the back. So, I mean that, it saves me so much time being able to fly out. So, you know, shout out to, you know, each and every one of those guys that, that pick me up, drop me off. Like, you know, they're able to help me.
0: You have a staff in Utah.
2: Oh dude. It's, it's, I mean, and it's so crazy because I've met all of these guys literally on the mountain, like I've met them basically either on Instagram or on the mountain. And we're now all best friends literally like a year and a half later. Like, which again is mind blowing to me, but yeah. So yeah. So the plan was fly out. I've got eight days to hunt. I'm on a public land, over-the-counter elk tag in a very, very, very high-pressured
0: unit. Okay, let me back up. Um, let me back up. Yep. I, I know you just said this, but I want to clarify. Anybody can go buy this tag over the counter.
2: Walmart. You can go right now, and you can go hunt elk right now where I killed my bull. Right now. You can go Walmart, buy your tag. Every $531. year. $531. Every year. $531?
0: That's a pretty good price on an elk tag, actually. Yep.
2: yep. Now, I will tell you, Success rate? I don't know if it'd be four percent. So I mean, I, I we're believe talking, that we're talking a very on a mature bull. If your goal is, to, I'm going to go out and kill a six point, not a satellite, not a rag. I want a, I want a herd bull with cows. I don't know if you'd be, uh, I don't even know, one percent, two percent, I some something like that. I mean, opportunity. You might be at ten or twelve. Actually, guys killing and filling tags on on a mature bull. Oh dude, I mean very 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 low. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want guys to hear this story and think, "All right, cool. 531 bucks, I can go out and hunt herd bulls and have a chance." Do you have a chance? You do have a chance. I don't want to I don't want to cut myself short. You've you're got not a painting
0: a you're not painting a picture here that's not real. You're just being realistic no, is what you're I'm doing.
2: I'm being, I'm being 100% realistic and the way I elk hunt and what I do on units like this is not how people Like you'll see more as I tell the story, but the way you have to elk hunt on these units is not how people want to elk hunt. And I'll get into that here in a minute, but I want to be very clear on this is a highly, highly, highly pressured unit. This is not limited entry. This is not draw. This is, you know, you can run into 25 guys literally in one day. I did it out there. Um, And that's honestly, that's kind of normal. I mean, that's, it's, it is what it is. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I definitely want to paint that picture because everyone here is over the counter. Oh my God, I, I can get this tag. I can go hunt elk. Yes, you can, but it is a very different style of hunt than a draw unit in Colorado or a draw unit okay. in so, Montana.
0: Here's another thing. I know for a lot of people, this is obvious for some people. It's not when you say draw unit It means you have to put in with points or put in to draw the tag. You're not guaranteed the tag. You can't go buy it at Walmart. Right. Um, You have to, you apply, you get picked by the state, and then they mail you your tag is pretty much how it works. Yes. Yep. Okay. Just because I know people might ask about that. Uh, You know, the Western states are broken up by units. Midwest states are broke up by the counties, whatever. Um, So, why did you choose this unit in Utah, and why didn't you do an over-the-counter in Colorado? Was it just because of the the connections for the support team you kind of have in Utah, or was it just because uh, you wanted to hunt Utah and not Colorado?
2: So for me, I like to bounce around. I've never hunted elk here. I've hunted mule deer here. Um, that was probably the, the the first thing that stood out to me. I applied for two draw tags. Um, in I Utah? No, I applied for one in Utah and I applied for one in Colorado and didn't get get did not get either. And guys have heard me say this and I'm a firm believer in it. If you want to throw a game winning touchdown pass to win the Super Bowl, you got to play preseason, you got to play regular season, you got to play in the playoffs and you got to be ready for that moment. If you want to someday kill a giant bull elk or you want to be a good elk hunter, If you're only elk hunting once every five years or you wait 10 years to draw this premium tag and you've never elk hunted, I'm not saying you can't get lucky and get it done. But if a gun is to my head and someone says, this guy's never hunted elk, he just drew this premium Colorado tag. He's got seven days, but he's never hunted elk. Is he going to get it done? I I don't want to be a dick, but I'm going to say absolutely not because you've never hunted elk. It's hard. It's hard to get it done. If you've never done it. So for me, I don't, I don't like not hunting elk. Even if I'm in a unit that is tough as hell and my odds are very low, I'm hunting elk. I'm sharpening skills. I am learning a new unit. I am forcing myself to try to figure out how to kill elk here. I might draw a way easier tag next year, which is fine. Or I might draw a limited entry tag where it's, it's the odds are way better, whatever. But if you're not hunting elk, you're not getting any better at it. So for me, I don't like to not hunt elk every year, whether it's an over-the-counter tag, a draw tag, whatever. I wanna, I love hunting elk. I wanna hunt elk every year. So my thing was, all right, I know the unit pretty well from mule deer hunting it, from hunting it with Devin, from, you know, I I mean, I was already out there earlier this year, helping Devin try to kill a big muley. I've hunted it twice last year. I knew the unit pretty well. I've seen elk there. I mean, I've kind of paid attention to what goes on, you know, and I'm like, all right, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fly out. I'll have, you know, someone pick me up, drop me off. And, you know, and then it's also too, it's fun with buddies out there because I can hook up with them, which is cool. You know, they can periodically hunt a night or hunt a day or, you know, like whatever, but, My biggest thing was, man, I just wanted to hunt elk this year. And I drew, I I blanked in Colorado on my elk tag. I blanked in Utah on my general season tag. I thought for sure I would get it, but I didn't. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy an over-the-counter. I know coming into this hunt, it's going to be super tough, ultra tough. I mean, it just, it's, like I said, there's a ton of guys up there mule deer hunting. There's a ton of guys up there elk hunting. It's over-the-counter elk hunting. So Mm -hmm. anybody that wants to hunt elk can go to Walmart Buy a bugle tube, buy three read calls, buy buy an elk tag, all in the same day, and go hunt elk that afternoon. It's literally that simple. In theory, it absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can be, you can literally, you can be out there and be hunting elk literally in one hour. You go there, you buy your stuff, and you can be hunting in one hour.
0: Yeah, I did. So, wasn't last year the year before I hunted an over the counter unit in Colorado? Yep. We ran into a lot of people, it was a lot of pressure. Yep. Um, I think the success rate for that the year we went was 8%. Um, yep. Herb bugles got on some bulls, but never had one anywhere near sh- archery shooting range at all. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I'm you're right. Everything you're saying is motivating me because it's like you don't like to not hunt elk every year because I am building points. I don't have a ton. Yep. I just started building points for some of these western states, but yep. I need to do like three, four, five more over-the-counter elk hunts before i cash in my points in wyoming or utah or colorado or wherever i'm at you know i'll probably you know i don't mind cycling two years on some colorado points to learn right. on a little better right. unit stuff like that right. but the points that i have, you know i have four or five points in some states and i want to i want to be prepared when i go there you know
2: well the biggest thing is is i mean you're learning to figure it out as you go you know like i mean a guy that's never elk hunted if I ship you into the backcountry for seven days and tell you, go find elk, go kill elk, go go get into elk. I mean,
1: <laughs>
2: What you like? number one, just finding elk could take days. And then once you find elk, you've got to understand how to hunt them. How you hunt them in the morning and how you hunt them in the evening is two different things. What you do during the midday when they're hot versus what you do in the midday whenever they're not talking at all. Is a totally. I mean, like, there's, there's just, there's so many different scenarios that go into that kind of a hunt. And if you don't know any of that, or you've never done any of that, you're walking around blind, almost like you're aimlessly just out there wandering. Right. And chances are, you're not going to blunder into sixty elk, get within bow range, and kill a bull by literally not knowing what the hell you're doing. I mean, could it <laughs> right. happen? Could right. it? Could it happen? Yes. Does it happen? Yes. But your your odds very low, and you spend all this money and all this time, I would not want to waste 10 points in Montana or Colorado or
0: Utah. Don't let all your odds be on luck.
2: No, no, definitely not. Because a lot of times, if you're not working at it and you're not putting in the effort and making educated plays and educated moves, luck will not be on your side on a hunt like that. I mean, it, it just usually doesn't work like that.
0: So, all right. So get me to this. You go. You buy your tag. You're at Walmart. You spend your 530 bucks, whatever. You hit the mountain. You're pretty familiar. You've mule deer hunted yep. it. You've seen elk. Yep. You, you've kind you've spent some time here. So yep. you've you good, but but good. You, here's the here's the key thing. You have spent some time here. You have yep. spent some time here. You have been here. You've done your homework. You've already put in a lot of the work. So for anybody yep. that's already going to try to discredit you from any angle, that needs to be I think buried in a little bit. Like you have been out there you're you know what i mean like you've actually been doing it this wasn't devin didn't have one tied up and was like hey there's a bull up on this mountain like
1: oh
2: gosh no
0: you're yeah. familiar I with mean, this area oh
2: yeah 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 and and i mean and trust me it's awesome to you know to know people that are in an area and be able to bounce ideas but these elk they bounce around so much from day to day from pressure it's
0: not like a there's, white tail
2: no, no, no. They're, they're here one day and then they might circle out of that Canyon and they may not be back in that basin or that Canyon for four or five days. So now you got to go find them again. And the thing is, is there's, you know, so I get in there on a Thursday, Devin drops me off. I pack in, I get up into camp at two o'clock, um, on Thursday, get camp set up and immediately get out, start running Ridge lines and just listening for bulls and the, my, Like my whole deal with elk hunting is um, you don't have a lot of time to sleep at night and you don't have a whole lot of time typically if you're doing it right to do really anything during the day besides move and try to keep with elk or find elk. I mean, if you're only putting in two miles a day and you're going to bed every night at nine o'clock and you're asleep until five, you're not doing it right because most (laughs) nights it's 11 o'clock, 1130. I'm crawling in bed, I grab something quick to eat, I'm up at 3 o'clock, and I'm running ridge lines listening for bugles. I want to locate elk. My, My plan is locate elk before it's daylight, hours before it's daylight. Start making my move towards these herds. By the time it's daylight, I want to be into elk because a lot of these pressured elk, they quit bugling once the sun comes up because that is when everybody and their brother is out bugling trying to call bulls in.
0: I had that identical experience in Colorado.
2: Yep. Yep. So I'm I am wanting to find elk early in the morning, get the wind right, move into these herds, and basically stay put till daylight. While they're bugling, I'm moving in silently to to hopefully get either cut a herd off or sneak in while they are feeding in the morning or they're watering in the morning or they're working their way back to timber, I'm trying to sneak in and stick one. That, mm-hmm. is, the, that, that is my game plan. Um, in today's world, yes, it is fun to call turkeys. It is fun to call elk. They're vocal animals. It, I mean, that's fun. That's great. But on pressured public land units like this one, these bulls, from the time they are born to the time they die of old age or they get killed, They learn real quick that there is hunting pressure, and hunting pressure to them is not just guys walking, because they see hikers and bikers and people all the time. Hunting pressure to them is calling. They hear, I mean, I can't tell you in a day's time the hundreds of bugles that I would hear from 20 different people. I mean, that's some of these guys, that's all they do, is they walk 100 yards, they set up, they call, they bugle, bugle, bugle. They walk another
0: 100 yards. Oh, on, let me guess. They hit their hoochie mama. I
2: mean, uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I mean, like I said, there are some places where, you know, you could call bulls in like that that don't see a ton of pressure. The back country of Colorado, 12 miles deep. Those bulls are not getting pressured like the unit I'm on. The first full day that I was there, which would have been Friday, I was up. Chasing bugles at 3 o'clock in the morning. Never heard a bugle Thursday night. Never heard a bugle Friday, early Friday morning. When the sun come up, till the sun come down, I saw 19 different hunters. Everyone had a bugle tube. One guy, which I've got to mention, I hope this dude kills a 410-inch bull this year. He deserves it. He had a heads-up antelope doe decoy on, on his head. He had a rear, a rear, oh, it gets better. He had a rear-facing elk decoy on his stabilizer. So, like, imagine a, a cow elk. The ass is facing you, and she's turned back looking at you. He has Ah. that that mounted on his stabilizer. He's going down through the center of a basin, and I mean he is bugle tubing his freaking heart out like his soul is depending on it to live. That guy, (laughs) I hope to God, if, if you're listening, which you're probably not, but if you are, I hope, I seriously hope, my friend, that you kill a 400-inch bull because you were putting in so much effort the entire day. I mean, it, that dude never stopped calling. He never stopped walking. I literally saw him a couple times. I mean, the guy was getting it. He was absolutely getting it. Now, chances are he ran off five different herds of elk that day, but he was, he was putting in the effort. It was not for lack of, of, of effort that he didn't kill a bull.
0: But, oh my god, that's fantastic, dude! Yeah, how creative, right?
2: Oh yeah. So so the first day, first full day, I see nineteen guys. Um,
0: god the next damn! Day, like deep in there, how far are you in at this point?
2: Uh, I mean, a couple miles, but I mean, like this is a unit though that it's close to a big town. So I mean, you know, you, there's, there, I mean, it's it's easily accessible, and I mean, there's a lot of units that are like this, and it's just something that. Going into a hunt like this, you've got to have it in your head, like okay, you
0: can't you're let gonna it see, ruin your day. No, you no, hunter.
2: no, no. You're going to see people. There's, there's, there's no. I mean, there's just there's no. This is not um, the Colorado backcountry that is 50 miles from a big city and you're 10 miles deep. I mean this this is not this is not that 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 gig. So it's like going into this, I knew my biggest. Negative factor to this whole hunt was going to be human pressure, which I experienced right off the rip. Saturday rolls around, um, went and hooked up with a buddy, tried a different spot. Um, we did hear a few bu- few bugles, uh, nothing crazy, a few locator bugles, like no challenge bugles. I mean, the bulls weren't fired up. Um, tried making a play on them. Um, they were pretty far off. We honestly slipped in there, but never actually got caught up to them. So Saturday is pretty uneventful. Sunday was, was kind of a similar deal. Um, you know, n- nothing like extremely crazy. So at this point now, I'm like, all right, you know, I got a couple days left. Um, I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, like, you know, I'm going to have to start making some more drastic moves. Like, I got to, you know, I, I need to, to start getting into some spots that are going to be like hit or miss. There's going to either be – elk in them or they're not but i've got to start really really covering ground and really trying to find some hidey hole spots that are stashed away that's maybe people have overlooked or there's some elk holed up in there because they haven't been pressured for a day or two so i get the weekend out of the way talk to my buddy jason talk to Devin, and they're both like all right man like you know here like you know we're we're going over some spots and um they're like, yeah, man, you know, one of these spots, these you know, these elk have to be in. Like, you're just going to have to cover some country and, and and just keep doing what you're doing. But sooner or later, you're going to bump into elk. Well, hunted with hunted with Jason there on, on Sunday, and that morning we got into a pretty decent herd, you know, probably 30, 40. Uh, one really, really, really good herd bull um, actually had a pretty good play on him. Um, didn't work out. He had a bunch of cows with him. Um, it just, you know, it just, just didn't work out, but kind of figured out what these, what this herd was doing. And basically they dropped down super low. They were way down in the bottom. Um, they were staying really close to water and they were not going very far up into these basins because everybody was up on the ridge lines, bugling their brains out all day. And they basically just pushed these elk down. So yeah. The philosophy was on Monday. I was gonna be I was gonna be back to hunting by myself. Philosophy was all right. I'm gonna get in here way early. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in here and basically get on a bugle immediately and try to cut this herd off, hoping that they're gonna go back up into this dark timber to bed for the day. So the, the whole game plan was getting between where they're watering and where they're gonna go later in the mid morning. And hope that I can mix it up and get in amongst, say, 40, 50 sets of eyes and make it happen. Mm -hmm. But on on a hunt like this, like I said, you're not going to set up and just call a herd bull in. I mean, honestly, it's hard to call any bull in, let alone a herd bull, because they see and smell and hear 800 hunters a week. I mean, it's just that's right. So you're you're. Your traditional tactics of you walk around and call until a bull a bull answers you and then you you figure out how to call him in honestly that that is not the way that is not going to be your ticket out there I mm-hmm. mean interesting could you you know that's just not your ticket your ticket is you need to hear a bull and cut him off cut the herd Beat off, feet and or, get in front of him yes or as he's bugling you get the wind in your face and you head for him. And sneak your way in there and get an arrow in him. I mean, that's that's your game. Um, I actually watched.
0: That has to be my game anyway because I can't call for shit. So I'd be like, "That's how I'm going to do it." <laughs> well,
2: there, 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 you go. That's your that's that's your jam. Then that's your you know that's that's your jam. Um, I honestly like that because I mean I'm the same way with whitetails. I don't I don't use scents. I don't use calls. I don't like animals. Honestly, knowing that. I, that, that I'm even there. I don't, I don't want them to think I'm an animal. I don't want them to even know I'm around. Like, so, so that philosophy for me on elk hunting, like, I'm okay with that. But, but a lot of guys, they don't want to hunt elk like that. And I get it. They, they want it how they hunt. see it on TV.
0: You, absolutely. You, you rip absolutely. off the bugle, the bull answers yep. back. You go, okay, here he yep. comes. And you get behind a, yep. a juniper tree or something. And then yep. here he comes up the yep. hill and you whack him at yep. 15 yards.
2: Abs- absolutely. And I watched bulls round up their cows, and head the other direction when hunters would start bugling at them. I mean, those bulls knew, okay, time to round up my harem and get the hell out of here because I know what this is. I mean, they just I, – I really think they know what bulls sound like that are close by. They know what the satellites sound like. And when you get guys in there, half the guys shouldn't even be allowed to have a bugle tube, no offense, but a lot of these guys that are blowing on these calls – they don't even remo- remotely sound like an elk. So, so right away you're tipping her- the herd off to this isn't real. Um, th- the other, the other half that, that sound proficient, they sound proficient, but they are bugling with a pitch and a tone that this, that this bull has never heard. So you've got to trick him into thinking this is a completely new bull that he's never heard, never seen. You might be able to do that, but honestly, I mean, you know, like, you walk into your hometown grocery store, typically you know a lot of people. I mean, you hear someone talk from across the aisle way, you probably know who it is by their voice. Well, mm-hmm. it's, no different than, it's no different than these bulls. I mean, these bulls are all competing for the same cows. So one herd bull knows what another herd bull will sound like and knows what the satellites sound like because they're all screaming at each other all the time. I mean, constantly. So you throw in this new mix and it's like, you might get him tricked into thinking it's it's just a intruder bull that he's never seen before, but chances are they're like, Eh, I don't know. I just don't know. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like a safer play to leave. Yeah, I mean it really is, you know, and especially if they've already got cows with them, which at this time all these bulls herd bulls had thirty, forty cows with them. So, you know, it's yeah, it's pretty hard to call a bull away from thirty girlfriends to go fist fight you when he's already got his stash of women.
0: Right, right, yeah.
2: You know, so I got in there Monday morning and right away I can hear a herd bull down there. I mean, and dude, he's just tearing it up. He's glunking. He's thrashing trees. I'm within 200 yards and he's just going ballistic. I mean, there's four bulls. Hey, describe glunking.
0: I know what it is, but I, I think there might be some listeners that don't know what it is.
2: So, so like, you know, like bulls will make, you know, different sounds. They've got, you know, they've got. A glunk is almost like a grunt, or it's like a it's like a hormonal frustration. It's like, it's like in their throat,
0: so, kind of right. Yeah, yeah,
2: yep. And and it's it's basically it's a it's a frustration, you know. As they're bugling, as they're thrashing trees, you know, they're they're making this very like like nasally type of like mm, mm, you know, it's it's they're 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 frustrated whenever they're doing it, you know. They're it's a it's an aggressive. Um, it's an aggressive behavior and it's an aggressive sound. And this bull was down there doing that because there was like two or three satellite bulls bugling. There was another herd bull further down the canyon that was bugling and he was constantly challenged bugling. So like some some bulls will half-heartedly bugle and they'll call you call that a locate bugle. So they're just kind of trying to see what's around. But when a bull really really gets after it and he's screaming and at the end of it, he's glunking, and he's chuckling at the end of a, at the end of a bugle when a bull bugles and then you have a, what they call a chuckle at the end. That's another form of frustration at the end of that bugle that that bull is trying to let other bulls know, listen, this is my harem. This is my space. Stay this fuck out. Like, and and when you hear those sounds, you've got a bull that's fired up. He's pissed off. Mm-hmm. So what, So when I heard all this, you know, he's chuckling at the end of these these bugles. He's down there glunking. I can hear him thrashing trees. I'm like, okay, this is this is it. Like, Okay, I, let me I'm ask you this. It.
0: At this point, you're hearing this. How, are you worried about other hunters hearing this at the same time?
2: Oh, I know other hunters are hearing it. I absolutely 100% know other hunters are hearing it. I'm on public land in a very highly pressured unit. I know that. But on a hunt like this, you have to block that out. You cannot let that factor into what you do. Um, I always hunt with a fourth quarter mentality. Everything I do, it's game on the line. If I'm going to go glass tonight, I'm going to glass like it's the last day. It's the last hour. It's the most important glassing session of my life. If I'm going to make a stock, it's I mean, I just I, I always have that fourth quarter mentality. It's No matter what I'm doing, this is it. This is the moment, and I just feel like that keeps me mentally as sharp as I possibly can be. So for me, I don't even think about that. If another hunter does end up getting in the mix, I will figure it out as we go, but I'm not going to worry about it until that happens because I don't have time to think about that. I've got to react to what's going on, and right now it's pitch black. I got this. I am literally in, as Brian Varney would say, to quote him, I am in the rut party. There is cows running. There is bulls bugling. We got bulls fricking thrashing trees. We've got glunking. We've got chuckling. I mean, bulls. There's five bulls bugling. There's probably 40 cows in the mix. We got herd bulls. We got satellites. We got raghorns. I mean, we got spikes. I mean, it's 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 happening right now. Everybody's like, as there. A, <laughs> as a as an elk hunter,
0: it's like a working class bowhunter garage party at this point.
2: Oh, dude! As an elk hunter, like this is the this is what you pay. Your price of a mission, like, this is it. This is what you pay the money for at the door to get into the party, like, right now. So it's cracking daylight. I'm making my move. I got the wind in my face. I'm like, all right, you got two days left after today. It's time to go. Like, there is there is no sitting back on our heels. We're pinning our ears, and we're gone. I'm I'm going in. I'm getting the wind in my face. I'm heading directly towards the, the herd bull that's bugling I'm going to start picking my way down through. So I start down through. We're cracking daylight. I can see pretty good now. Out ahead of me, I can see cows at like 150 yards. I'm like, okay, at this point now, everything's got to slow down. I cannot get busted by any of these cows. The further I go, the more cows I'm seeing. So I'm like, shit, he's got a lot of cows with him. I counted at one point. There was 31 or 32. I kind of forget which, but there was roughly 30, 31 cows with him i know there's at least two satellites which they bugle sort of like say like a jake turkey it's not nearly as strong it's not nearly as robust as the herd bull i can i know there's two satellite bulls that are bugling i know there's two herd bulls so i know there's at least four bulls down here in amongst the cows so i'm I'm assuming that we got about 40 elk down here
1: mm-hmm.
2: so I'm working my way in. I'm going through this really dark timber. I'm on my I'm on onyx, and I can see out in front of me there's all these little, what I would call, micro meadows. They're not like the big meadow that you would think of that you're going to see while elk hunting, but they're like these little pockets where no trees have grown, and it's like a semicircle, and then you might have 50 yards of trees and then another semicircle. They're pissing around in these little pockets.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm on onyx, and I'm like, all right. I need to sneak down and get in between these little meadows, these two meadows. And then from there, depending on which one they're in, because I can't tell, I can't pinpoint which one they're in.
0: Because it's dark still pretty much, right?
2: Well, that, and I mean, right now, everything is based off of what I can hear. I can see the cows and they're scattered between the two, but I don't honestly know if the bull's in the left one or the right one because they're so close together. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down the center stay in the timber, I've got the meadows on both sides, until I can see the bull or, or I can hear for sure he's left or right, I've got to stay down the middle because I don't want to go left if he's right and vice versa because, right. like I said, I've got all these cows in amongst me, so movement is very critical. And
0: the you're doing good, no calling. You're making your move in off none, what they're doing.
2: None, none. I always have an elk read in. Um, I mean – I've I've been running turkey calls, you know, mouth calls since I was a little kid. So I'm I'm proficient with calls, any calls, whether it's turkey calls, elk calls. Like, I mean, for a Eastern guy that doesn't live out there, I'm pretty good at, at bugling, chuckling. I mean, I can I can do all that stuff. But like I've always said, you're don't... the most
0: Western dude east of the Mississippi.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. I think, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> that's a compliment. I just
2: man. yeah oh yeah I know uh, I just you know. I just don't – like I said, I just – my philosophy is I don't want to have to pull that out of my bag of tricks unless it's a last-ditch effort. I like to sneak in, and my mindset on my skills are spot in stock. I, I'm, I'm I'm good at it. I've perfected that. I'm very confident in sneaking in. Yeah, if
0: you can sneak up on antelope and muleys, I think uh, you can make a move on an elk. And,
2: and, I mean, I've made a ton of mistakes over the years, and I always learn from them, and I just – I. My game is sneak in, get in tight, and be quiet. And I don't, you know, this whole herd is focused on these bulls bugling back and forth. There's satellites coming in trying to steal cows. The herd bulls chasing them off. Like there's a lot of chaos going on, which is good for me as I'm slipping in. Right. So I I slip in and I get to this meadow, this this little micro meadow. What do you mean there's chaos? Cows- you
0: mean like this bull's distracted? There's a shit going on on his plate. Yeah. He's got little yeah. bulls, yep. cows. Everybody's yep. doing some shit. So you're yep. taking advantage of his taking, natural distractions yep. for your benefit,
2: yep yep the the whole herd is is watching him run off these satellites. they're watching the satellites come in and circle you know, just imagine um a white tails buck is pinned down with a doe in a thicket, and you've got five basket racks. Running around the thicket trying to figure out how to get in, and the buck can constantly stands up and runs them off. What's the doe do? She's she's watching that. Like she's not just standing there looking off into space. No, she's watching this fight break out. She's watching, and that's what these cows are doing. Yeah. So while while this is happening,
0: it's a small town country bar, like you said on previous podcasts. Yeah. Throwback. Yeah. Guys are eye pumping yep. other women.
2: Absolutely. Guys are eye pumping
0: your girlfriend. You're not liking it, so you're gonna go puff up and chase them off, and.
2: Absolutely. And and while this is all going on, I'm going to sneak over here and take the blonde home while no one even knows. Right. That's my plan.
0: Clint, so, typical Clint, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm sneaky like that. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, just Wel- like at the garage. Welcome to the herd like,
0: bowl, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Welcome
2: to the herd bowl. Just like at the garage parties. You're like, hey, where's Sam at? Where's Clint at? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh oh. Shit. Uh-oh. And I got to oh go shit. chase you oh. off. Yeah, you got to chase me off. So, so that's, <laughs> that's what, you know, so. In my in my head, I know this is a very small window of 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 this this rut frenzy that's taking place. It's only going to happen for a little bit, right. so I'm trying to
1: move.
0: I'm you're racing. You're racing hunter pressure. You're racing the pressure of daylight. You're racing pressure of the warmth. You're you're oh yeah. You're because racing pressure almost, on a lot of different factors on this point.
2: Yep, I'm trying to get in as quickly as I can. I sneak in. To the closest cow to me, 25 yards, her and her calf, they're facing away from me. And I'm like, okay, I can't go any farther. I've got to, I'm stopped right here. Like, I can't get any closer. So now I've got to hope that the herd continues to move past me, which they slowly start to do. I'm like, this is perfect. I got cows working past me at 10 yards. Cows working past me at 50 yards. Cows working past me at 30 yards. I got the wind quartering in my face. There's no way they're going to win me. They're working from right to left. The wind is blowing from left to right. I mean, this is the this this scenario is great. The bull's coming. He's at a hundred yards and closing. I'm watching him. He's bringing up the rear. The satellites are still bugling, but he's just he's done fucking with them. He's like, all right, I'm getting my harem. A cows. We're heading to dark timber. I've had enough. I'm like, this is it. This is gonna happen. Monday morning. This is gonna happen. This this is gonna be my Monday morning. I'm gonna stick this freaking studs herd bull on a Monday morning, this is it. Like it's in my head. I'm like the switch has flipped and I'm now like, all right, this is so perfect. You're going to get your opportunity. Now it's just going to come down to between your ears, mentally holding it together, burying your pin and making a shot. And that's, that's, that's where I'm at now. I'm ranging stuff. There's a, a small little lone pine at 70 yards and a bunch of cows have filtered past that. I'm like, all right, Chances are these last few cows are going to filter past that. And then the bull is the very last elk in this whole train that's coming up through here. And he's just walking. All the cows are in front of me feeding. They're just hanging out. Here he comes. He's coming to that pine. I'm like, this is it. I cannot believe it. it's It's literally going to happen just like this. I get back to full draw. And at this point, I am so confident. Like, I'm thinking, dude, you let me get back to full draw. Like, this is fucked. It. Like, it's, you're, it's dude, you're in trouble now. Like, yeah, it's over are for you. you're You're in trouble. Like, when you get to this tree, I'm going to wait for you to stop. I already know my yardage. Everything is good. No one caught me drawing. The cows are feeding. He gets up to this tree. I get my pin on him. And I don't understand what happened. But he literally all of a sudden, as I'm just starting to settle into my shot, I haven't started squeezing yet. I'm just starting to like get to that point of my anchors are good. Everything's ready to go. We're going to start the shot process. He jabs this cow in the ass with his antler and gives like a, gives like a deep grunt, like a get going, like, you know, Let's move,
1: like, yeah. us move. yeah,
2: so the whole herd now starts to move and I'm like. And at 70 yards, I mean, there is no, like, you do not, I'm not a walking shot guy anyway, but you sure as hell no. don't take, don't take a 70 yard walking shot on an elk that can literally cover three feet in one step. Yeah. So now my mind's racing. I'm like, oh shit, I got to get him stocked. I've got my, I've, I always have a read call in. So I'm like, okay, Clint, calm down. You're going to make a very soft cow mew. You're going to, eh. so that's what I do. Eh. I make two of them. Just real subtle. Yeah, yeah. The cows all stop. I'm like, okay. Pin back on the bull. I'll be son of a bitch. He he nudges her again. Ugh. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The whole heart starts moving again. So now in my head, I'm like, okay. He has walked past my tree. I can't let down. He's probably 73 yards. I'm I'm literally uh, last ditch effort. I've got cows looking at me because they heard me mew. Right. Like the 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 cows at twenty yards are now locked in on me. I mean, and, and right the bull's
0: probably distracted by the cows, and the but the cows are watching you because they're yeah. right. Yeah. Right.
2: And, but 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 he's still moving. Like he's looking in my direction, but he will not stop. So I'm like, okay, Clint, you're gonna like literally, you've got to make a noise that he's never heard and get him to stop. So I'm I'm just like I'm just gonna yell. So I'm like, hey, the the closest cows immediately blow out they run off the cows with him stop again he never stops never runs nudges them again like literally as if he knows i can't stop or this dude's gonna shoot me i'm not gonna run i'm just not gonna stop (laughs) he nudges her for a third time now the whole herd is running he just walks off Just walks off. Literally just slow walk. The herd is jogging. The bull is walking. And I'm literally at full draw sitting there ready to cry because I'm like, this was it. Oh, fuck. He's just
0: studding it, taking a sweet time.
2: Oh, dude. Just, 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 he has no care in the world. And I'm like, that was it. I'm like, fuck. Like, dude, day six, like all the trials and tribulations to get to this point. And you are at full draw and did not get to release like, oh, I'm crushed. I'm devastated. I'm like, fuck. So they're heading up into the dark timber. I'm like, all right. I let down. I get on on X. I'm like, okay, how can I – what's the quickest way? How do I get out in front of them? So I'm like, all right, if I drop down the bottom, go clear up around the side of this basin, I'm like, maybe I can cut them off. So I make this move. I go up around. I can hear him. He's actually still bugling a little bit as he's walking, like just every now and again. He lets a bugle out, which is great. I can hear what he's doing. A couple times I did some cow calls and I got him to bugle at that a few times just so I could just so I could hear what he's doing. I didn't yeah. care. I wasn't trying to call him in.
0: You just mentally located him so you could make
2: it Yes, absolutely. So they get off into this dark timber and it is dark, thick, nasty timber. There's no way I'm sneaking in on all these elks. So I'm like, all right. I'm going to hang out and I'm going to try to make a play for the evening. I'm going to hopefully cut them off as they come back down to water. There's one of two ways they're going to come out of this draw. It's either going to be low and tight or it's going to be high and way up around. I'm going to have to pick one and it's 50, 50. Well, luck would have it. I picked the wrong spot. I picked low and tight. They end up going way up and around and wide. Just luck of the draw. It's just how it worked out. So that night I'm just like, you know, shit. So lo and behold, Devin and Jason were going to take off work the next day because it was like my like second to last day. And they wanted to hunt with me like they wanted to, like, you know, go hunt. Jason Jason had come up on the mountain with me a couple like I think prior to this one day and he was able to hunt some. Devin was on a goat hunt with our good friend Taylor. So they had just got back. So I hadn't really got to hunt with these guys at all, which was, you know, kind of of bummed me out because I love, you know, they live in Utah. I only get to see them a few times a year. So it's cool to hook up with them and hunt. So they're like, hey, let's all go in there tomorrow. Let's put a plan together and let's try to get back on these elk. So that's what we do. We get in super early and right away, man, here's this bull. And this bull, at this point now, I've heard him three days in a row bugle. He's got this very distinct raspy bugle. He starts off bugling in the dark and I'm like, that's him. He's going to have 30, 40 cows. I'm like, that's him. So we're like, all right, you know. What's, what's our plan here? Like, you know, what, what are we, what are we going to do?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's cracking daylight. He's still down in this bottom. He's bugling his brains out. Devin spots another bull over on this other hillside. That's by himself. And Devin's like, dude, he's like, I'm going to go after this bull by himself. And I'm like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like someone needs to go after that bull. Cause he's by himself and he's, he's a stud six point and he's just by himself. He's just hanging out. He has no cows. Like, You know, I don't know if he's trying to move in on a herd or what, but stud six-point by himself, like, you got to take advantage of that. So he's like, I'm going to take off after that bull and just see what happens. Meanwhile, me and Jason are trying to figure out what we're going to do with this bull and all these cows. Because from the previous two days, I know this bull's got a ton of cows with
0: him. Yeah. So – you can't just, like, running you know, willy-nilly on that ball. So no, no, yeah.
2: no, no. Whereas Devin's <clears throat> going to just take off and just go balls to the wall and try to and try to catch up to this bull. And it's so funny, like, this is what's so awesome about having good friends and good buddies and just – I mean, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but, like, when you surround yourself with a circle of friends that they're all like you and, you, and everybody is pulling for the other guy and everybody – like believes in each other and it's just it's just a really cool thing to have friends that are like die hard friends and that like, they're pulling for you and they're just like you know like they're just they're just they're in your corner the whole time so Devin's getting ready to go me and Jason make the plan that Jason's going to stay up on the ridgeline he's going to bugle and basically just try to keep this bull bugling and I'm just going to go down in and just freaking go I'm I'm just I'm just going to go I'm just going to drop down in it's like a thousand feet of freaking, um, it's like a, like a thousand foot drop to go down in. I'm going to have to go, you know, bomb off the top, get down in the bottom and just mix it up. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a bazillion elk down there, but like I said, I'm down to one full day. Like, this is it. Like, I got to make something happen. So I start walking off, you know, and it's like, it's like I said, dude, this is what's so cool about, about bow hunting and just good buddies. Dev is like, Hey, Clint, I turn around and I'm like, what? And he's like, Get your freaking ass down there and kill that bull. He's like, it's going to happen. Freaking make it count in there. And, dude, like, I know that sounds crazy, but, like, when your buddy looks at you with that look of, like, he knows 100% that he's, like, I'm going down in there. And he's like, dude, it's going to happen. Like, I have nothing but total confidence in you. You're going to pull it off. Like, you're going to pull this off. It's like a confidence
0: slash motivation, like, last, like, like, go get it, dude.
2: Oh yeah, like it is. I mean, it just, it's, it, it it's just, I love the solo hunt, but it is so cool to share moments like that with, with your buddies. Cause I mean, it's like, I don't know, man. It was just, it was just cool. Like that these guys have confidence in me like that. Like they're like, yep, he's going in and it's going to happen. He's going to get it done. You know? And I'm just like, all right, man. I'm like, you know, good luck. I'm like, dude, I'm like, yeah, you're right, dude. Like this is it. It's going to happen, which I've always got that mindset, like it's gonna happen. You gotta believe. Like if you don't believe in yourself, you why, why are you
0: doing there. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. I mean, you've gotta believe. If it doesn't happen now, it's gonna happen in an hour. If it doesn't happen in an hour, it's gonna happen tonight. If it don't happen tonight, it's gonna happen tomorrow. Like you've gotta, you've gotta believe. But it's just so cool when a buddy looks at you, dead ass serious, and he's like, "You freaking get your ass down there and get this done. It's gonna happen. This is it, dude. This is this is your time. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Get after it, like." You know, and it's just like, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, fucking yeah, dude. That's, that's
1: Yeah, I'm, it is
0: I'm gonna going happen. Down to happen.
2: Yeah. So I take off, and I'm bombing off this hill. I mean, I'm trying to get cover as much ground as fast as I can. I get partway down the mountain. I stop, and I can hear Jason bugling, and I can hear this bull. Now, mind you, this bull, he's answering Jason, but he's rounding his cows up. Like, he's getting ready to circle his herd up and get the hell out of there. That's the whole game plan. He's not sticking around. He's not going to hang out there. He's not going to come to Jason. The whole plan was instead of me having to worry about calling to keep the bull interested, Jason's going to stay up on the top of the mountain and call just to keep this bull bugling so I can constantly hear where he's at. That's the, that's the plan. So I get the wind in my face. I, I can hear this bull. I'm like, all right. He's doing the same thing he was going, he was doing yesterday. Only he's going to come in from a, he's coming in from a different canyon, but he's heading towards this dark timber. I'm like, I got to get out in front of him, and then work my way back to him. And if I can do that, I'm like, I got the wind in my face. It's going to be just like yesterday. I've just got to get in there and mix it up, and I've just got to be prepared to make it happen. I just, you know, I, I'll figure it out as I go. So I start in, and just like the day before. Here comes cows at 100 yards, and I'm in this quakey patch. I got really, really dark timber behind me. So I'm like, all right, as soon as these cows pass me and get in the dark timber, I'm good. All I got to do is let these cows file by me, and there's a bunch of cows. He's got, like, somehow overnight he picked up, like, 10 more cows. He's got, like, 43 freaking cows in there, two satellites, and one little spike. So I'm like, there's, like, 45 elk in this herd right now. He's the very last bull. And he's rounding, he's rounding these cows up. These cows, for some reason, did not want to go that way. There was mm-hmm. like 10 of them. There was like 10 of them that wanted to go a different way. And they were probably the 10 cows that he picked up that night that they just weren't used to what was going on. They weren't used to the whole circle, the pecking order. They wanted to, to, to do their thing. The other cows were heading up to the dark timber that they had been going to. So. I'm watching him from like 150 yards. He's rounding these cows up. He's chasing them, chasing them, bugling, chasing them, bugling. And I'm like, all right. He finally gets them heading my way. There's this really good game trail at 44 yards. And I'm like, oh, this is money. Mm-hmm. All these cows are single file lining it down past 44, 45, 43, 44. I'm like, if that bull gets to 40-some yard, like there's no way – that bull gets out of this canyon without me killing him. No way. Absolutely. <laughs> there's no way. There's five cows left. Here they come. He's in the back, just like the day before. There's a little calf and a younger, what I would say, probably like a two- or three-year-old cow and a, a a this year's yearling calf in the very back, then the bull. I don't know why, but they're at 60 yards and closing. I'm all, I've already got my – single pin set i got my y- i'm ready to rock dude i'm like this is it like i'm i am so mentally focused this is it this cow and this calf they break off they take off running straight oh, down straight down away from me Kurt. and i'm like <sighs> I, in my head i'm literally like no 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 like i, I mean i just want to i just want to scream like i'm like
0: oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck doing that
2: wow, dude like literally the red light like i'm grabbing my face right now as i'm saying i'm talking about this cuz i was so frustrated like the red light is literally going ballistic in my head right now of just like panic 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 cuz now i'm like i know that this bull is going to follow and of course he does he runs down there now i'm scrambling i'm like he's going to he's going to circle him back up to this trail but God only knows how long it's going to take him to get back to the trail. So now I'm like, okay, Clint, you got to find a hole down there. Find a hole. The minute they turn broadside, you got to find a hole. So now I'm, now I'm scrambling. I'm, 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 I'm hitting trees, you know, 81, 82, 76. There's this, there's this one tree at 76. And I don't know what the true yardage is. My range finder gives me the angle compensation. I'm shooting steep downhill I'm going to say it's probably mid-80s, but it's telling me shoot for 76. The calf walks by the tree. I mean, damn near brushes the tree. I'm like, okay, mama's going to follow. The bull's going to follow. Yeah, This is it. Like, this is it. What should have been a chip shot at 43, 42 has now turned into almost double. But I'm like, it doesn't matter what the yardage is. We're going to bury the pin, and this, this bull's not getting out of this canyon. Like, okay, Clint, in my head, I'm like, Clint, this is it. This is absolutely, like, this is your last, this is it. Like, there's no way you're going to get another opportunity. You got one day left, like, this is it. Day seven, you got to make it happen here. I get back to full draw. He comes up to this tree, and this little satellite starts coming down the hill. He stops, perfectly broadside, turns away from me and lets out a bugle. And at that moment in time, I'm already back at full draw. My pin's buried. I'm working through my back tension release. The shot breaks clean in my head. It was like the most perfect, maybe shot that I've ever broke on a big game animal. I mean, it just absolutely felt money.
0: You knew when it left your string that you're like, when
2: it, when, when I started working through that release in my head, I'm like, He is fucking dead. And the minute that shot broke, dude, that arrow buried to the fletching about four inches behind that shoulder, double lunged him, and the blood I mean, already the blood is pumping out of him. He takes off. I pull up my binos immediately. I lose him in the dark timber because the dark timber is like so close to the edge of where these cedars were. He goes 40 yards and it sounds like a fucking plane wrecks in the timber. Just just piles up, dude. And I knew, I knew what that sound was. Like he just completely eats shit in the dark timber. And all you hear is him down there just thrashing. And I'm like, holy shit. It just happened. <laughs> like, so in my dude, in my head, I mean, I'm just losing my marbles. Cause it's just the, the odds of killing a, any bull, let alone this bull on this unit as a uh, day. Seven, I got my two buddies on the mountain with me like it is just the most perfect scenario there's ever been. Call my dad, he's in a meeting. He doesn't answer. I call Susie, she's in a, she's uh, she's going up to her she, her little boy's got a doctor's appointment. She doesn't answer. I call Devin. I'm like, I call Devin. Devin answers the phone. He's he's on a stalk. He's like, "Hello?" And <laughs> Devin. I'm not even I'm not even I'm not even thinking. And Devin's not even thinking, and I just start losing my mind. And Devin's like, you got to calm down. I can't understand you. And he's like, I black out when I make these calls. I've called you before. Yeah, I got a mule deer call last
0: year, and it was uh, was sporadic.
2: I I, I mean, I, I black out. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm saying. When that adrenaline dump hits me, it is like I lose my marbles. Devin's like, all I could do was make out he's fucking dead, He's fucking dead. He's fucking dead. And he's like, I knew you didn't fall and break your legs. You didn't, like,
1: nothing <laughs> bad happened.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, that, that can play a major part in all this Western <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, if you break so, your femur out there, you're making a call similar to what you did.
1: So
2: Devin is, Devin goes from, from talking quietly to I can hear Devin outside of the phone. Like, he's one mountain over. I can hear him through the phone and in real life. Yelling and screaming, like just, dude, we're just, we're going wild. I mean, we are going wild. I'm like, I gotta call Jason. So in the meantime, Susie calls me. I freak out for like three minutes on the phone with her. No idea what I said. Like same scenario. I called, I called Jason. He answers. He's like, what's, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, you know, fucking killed him. I'm like, I killed him. He doesn't believe me. He's like, there's no way. I'm like Jason. I'm like I swear on my kids. I'm like bull's dead, and he's like, and, and, dude. It was just such a moment, man. Like it gives me, it gives me goose. Why didn't he believe you? Why? It. Why
0: would he think you were lying?
2: Dude, he was just so stoked. He was just like, there's no way. Like, cause I mean, it's these guys have hunted this unit their whole life. Like they know what it, what it means, and what it takes, and how much luck and skill and everything involved you've got to have. To get it done on a herd bull like that on this tag, so like
0: yeah I mean, luck it's just, and skill, I like how oh you,
2: yeah, absolutely because dude, you if that bull doesn't circle back and he gets past me, honestly, that's it like yeah i'm not kill I'm not killing that bull. It's gonna take like you
0: two days to regroup and get back on him
2: and dude, I don't have two days, I got one day left. I have one day left at this point. I'm down to one day. That's it. Goddamn, one day. Dude,
0: you're a stud, man. When I so I got this phone call from you. I was in South Dakota on a shit show of an antelope hunt. I still had a blast, but sometimes yep. they're just shit shows. And yep. uh, you know, I'm with dudes that have all killed elk. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I haven't yet, but I, it's it's in the works. Um, But I'm oh, like, yeah, it's oh, gonna, it's, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You called me, and you know my service was super spotty there, and. And I'm like, holy shit! You sent pictures. I'm like, oh fuck! Clint killed a stud. And I was with my dad, and I think I was with Eric. We were in my dad's truck looking for goats, yeah. and they're yep. like, oh man! And then I ran into uh, Jeremy and Travis. You know, I, and then we met back in yep. camp. I'm like, do you guys see the bull Clint killed? And they're all, you know, they all appreciate elk on a different type of level than uh, right, just a, right. a, a basic midwestern boy who's never doesn't know what. Right. A, what a three hundred inch plus bowl looks like or whatever, you know. Right, so they're right. all they're all like, holy shit, that's a nice bowl, like over the counter, like, you know, so all that stuff, they they get all that. They understand yep. they understand yep. the layers of complication that a hunt like this kind of requires. For you to yep. go through you know what i mean so yeah uh dude i you called me i mean of course you know a little delay you didn't come in you're on the mountain or whatever probably you know you know whatever t- whatever clint but no i, I didn't <laughs> have service and all that but it was just one of those like you you were jacked up and i'm like dude hell yeah i knew i and of course i don't ever doubt you like i have confidence you when you go on a hunt i'm like yep yeah, you're probably gonna kill something because you're just wired that way um but no man it's Congratulations! The story is incredible. I got the picture pulled up right now on my big editing screen here in the studio, and it's just a stud bull. The picture I'm looking at, I'll probably end up using as cover art, but it's just crazy. Like I'm looking at your Matthews, and the body cavity is like just as long as your bow, like from shoulder to to the to its back. It's just insane how big of an animal it is. Oh
2: yeah, oh yeah, oh for sure. And I mean, and what's what's cool about What's the, honestly what the coolest thing about that whole hunt is so I kill this bull and it just so happens to be on a day where both two of my best friends are on the mountain with me, and then I'm in a freaking hellhole. I mean, where this bull dies is a is a complete hellhole. Two of our other buddies literally leave work when they hear the word breaks that I kill this bull. So Tyson leaves work, Ty Glenn leaves work like not only do I share the kill and, and like the actual game plan and all that with Devin and Jason, then for the pack out and just the absolute, the final fucking grind of this whole deal, I get to share it with Ty, who I'm best friends with, and then their good buddy Tyson, who I just meet on this trip. So, four lifelong friends. Three By the of way, which I've
0: if everyone been- listening is like, who are these people? Ty Glenn, go back a few episodes. Yeah, it was a
2: giant.
0: Yep. We, uh, episode is yep. called A Buck Called Caitlin. That's Ty Glenn. We shared Caitlin. We shared yep. Bear Camp with him. Absolute stud of a dude. Uh, Devin yep. Leonard. Um, Easton Wade. I don't know if he helped you pack out or not. I don't know if he was there. But all these dudes. Easton was not. He, he didn't make it. Um, these dudes no. were all on the Bear Camp episodes. All great yep. dudes. But Devin oh, yeah. was there. He was on the bear hunt and all that. So you heard him on the Cemetery Buck podcast and the Bear Recovery podcast and Bear Camp podcast. So just a quick little deal there for listeners
2: but that was honestly the coolest part is it's like i got to share in all of this with with buddies they dropped what they were doing to come in you know they're they're putting 100 pounds of of meat on their back each i got the head and the cape like
0: which probably weighs 150 pounds
2: (laughs) oh yeah like it was just it was just so cool man like i mean those guys to, to to drop what they're doing to come help i mean it just that's that's honestly for me what bow hunting is all about. Like, it's awesome to punch tags. It's awesome the places I've been. It's awesome the stuff I've got to, to, to kill and, and uh, you know, the, the memories that I've made by myself. But stuff like that when you've got buddies and you get to share in that, that those moments with buddies and you get to, and, and, and these are all guys that I've met through bow hunting. Outside of bow hunting, I never meet these guys. Our paths yeah. would never cross anywhere else in life outside of bow hunting and i mean that's what makes it that elk honestly is so cool not because it's over the counter not because it's a stud herd bull not because it was a long tough shot it's cool to me mainly because i got to kill it on a day when i was hunting with my buddies and they got to be there to share all that like solo's awesome but dude it's hard to beat You and your buddies getting to laugh and talk and share that moment forever. I mean, me and Devin, me and Jason, me and Todd, we have literally relived those moments of that elk hunt every day since the day it happened. Every day one of us brings up something. Dude, do you remember that pack up? Dude, do you remember calling me? Dude, I mean, like, to me, man, that is as important as anything. It's like those moments because... You don't know how many of those you got. I mean, you just don't. I mean, you may never pack it. I may never pack another animal out. I get struck by lightning two minutes from now. Like you don't know. I mean, right, right? So like, I just I cherish this shit out of friendships and moments like that. I just that that stuff means the world to me more so than any set of antlers or the freaking meat is incredible on elk. But all that aside, man, those moments like that shit lasts forever. That that's never leaving.
0: Yeah, no, no kidding, man. It's, I can only imagine. You know, my dream is to kill an elk like this. You know, of course, um, every I think every Midwest bowhunter actually. I, I'm surprised the more I talk to you, a lot of guys are just cool with whitetails, which, you know, bow hunting gives me a reason to want to explore new areas and and experience new adventures like this. Yep. So yep. I'm. I, I man, this sounds dumb, and I don't know. People probably won't get this, but I know you will, Clint. So fuck him if you if you don't get it, whatever. But like, looking at I'm looking at the picture of this bowl and hearing you tell the story, and it kind of makes me emotional to a point because I can imagine if it was me, because oh, I would yeah. be an absolute mess. Excuse me, hold on. Oh
1: yeah, yep.
0: <laughs> Excuse me, gotcha. um. But yeah, like I can I can kind of just imagine, yep, that like the overwhelming rush of emotion, like. Yep. you know i've had it with whitetails i've had it with my bear i've had it with yep. a lot of animals that i've shot i'm appreciative of everything yep. um yep. big antlers or not um yep. but i can only imagine because i know what it takes to hike up and down mountains as a midwestern dude and and to yeah. think about it all year and to spend the money and then so yep. I, I can only imagine what that had to have been like and i bet you it was super overwhelming you'll remember i mean you won't forget a a single sliver of a moment of that hunt for the rest of your life. Oh
2: no, no, never, never. It's like,
0: you know, but here's the thing too. Think about this. What else? And I, maybe we're missing something, you know, maybe guys at skydive or drag race and, you know, do some crazy shit. Maybe they get like those certain experiences, but I just don't see like a dude that's into drag racing, pulling one good run and being like constantly reminiscing on the one run. Like it's just different. Like, like yep. all the preparation boils down. It's kind of like you said, it's like a championship fight. It, it, the only yep. thing I think could compare to it, it would be like a legit title fight in like the UFC where you go in and you knock somebody out second round yep. after a good brawl for a round and yep. a half. Like, yep. I don't know. I don't know what else really brings it down to the moment. Like, what are you made of? What have you prepared yep. for? What have you put your work in? Um, yep. other than bow hunting like this, even the whitetails can come down to that. Like, you patterned oh, a whitetail. Yeah. You put in the work. You've been hanging, hunting. You're not driving your ATV to your fucking ladder stand. You're getting yeah. after. Oh
2: yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, and that's and and it's so funny. Like this whitetail story. It's the same thing, dude. I mean, it comes down to me having to make a rush decision, find a hole, pick a spot. Like it's it comes down to these moments of whether the cookie's going to stay together or the cookie's going to crumble. And it's like for me. I live, I mean, like, outside of my my two boys, I live for those 10 seconds. I fucking live for that 10 seconds of, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm back at full draw. Here we go. Like, I, dude, I, I mean, that is what I literally live for outside of my two boys. Like, that is, I just feel like I was put here to be in those moments. Like, that is what. Makes me go, man, and it's like yeah. I I have replayed that scenario killing a bull like that in my head ninety million times since I drew that tag, or I shouldn't say since I drew that tag, since I got that tag in my hands. I I, I bought it online, had it mailed to me. I knew since like June, July, I was going to be going on that hunt. I have envisioned having to pick a spot on a long shot and make it count after a grind for however many days you're tired you're freaking you're worn down you're mentally and physically drained and it's like you got to hold it together for five seconds to execute a shot it's like dude that is what puts me in the gym in the morning it's up late at night looking at onyx looking at go hunt i I just that is what fuels me is that those 10 seconds man like i just i just live for that i absolutely just cannot get enough and you don't get that many. That's what's crazy. As a bow hunter, I'm blessed. I get to hunt a lot. And I get to hunt all over. And I, I like I consider myself in those moments way more than the average guy. But we're still only talking maybe eight <laughs> or ten times a year. That's not very many. I mean, no, like, no. That's, that is such a small amount compared to the grand scheme of you got 365 days in a year. I might be in that moment on... A white tail or two or three, two turkeys, an elk, a mule deer, maybe a bear. What's that? Nine, eight, ten times? I mean, yeah. literally. But but, here, th-
0: but that goes back, Clint, to what Like I say this a lot on the podcast in general, is that's what makes a difference. It's it's not, I mean, a little bit is how you get on an animal, how you get yourself into those positions. right? But oh, yeah. a lot of, like, successful bow hunters are people that in the moment have enough yep. experience to keep their composure be yep. prepared for the situation. Execute what you're there to do. Doesn't always work that way, even for the most experienced of hunters. Oh, absolutely. There's shit out of your control. There's weird shit that happens. Yep. I dude, ask me. There's weird yep. shit that fucking happens. I just had some weird oh, shit happening. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and, you did. And but there's so many factors that play into it. But what can get you through that is the mental experience of it, the physical experience of it. Yep. Um and, and I think that's why you see a lot of guys that Um, you know, it's not about killing an animal every year or a white tail every year or an elk every year or whatever. But if you go, if you look at percentages over a 10 year span, you see guys that have killed consistently more animals over a 10 year span versus guys who have not that have been hunting the same time. And I think it's how they handle themselves physically and mentally in the heat of the moment type situations like that. Um, oh, ab- cause absolutely. dude, it's easy to let yourself fucking crumble and fail at it and f- mess it up and be like, oh, ah, yeah. shit, dude, I, it was there and I got to try and get on it again. Yep. Or you get tired of being that way. And a lot of it is like visualization. You know what I mean? Like think yep. about absolutely. the moment, think absolutely. about what you're going to do in the moment, all that. Like, um, like, absolutely. I
2: mean, I, I, I probably shoot thousands of arrows a year physically in my head I shoot millions in my head. I replay shooting mule deer, shooting elk, shooting whitetail. I can't tell you how many thousands, if not millions of shots go through my mind in a year's time, because that's, you know, if I'm not with my kids and I'm in the moment with them or I'm not thinking about them, like that's what I'm thinking about is bow hunting. And how to get it done when the moment comes, because it all boils down to literally like riding a bike. If you don't have to think about it, you're calm, you're collected. You just let it naturally happen. If you've got to think about it, if you've got to make all these like major decisions and you've got to like think about what you're doing and how to do it, when to do it, you're fucked because your mind cannot process. The human mind cannot process all this shit at once. You can't. So, like, for me, I mean, I have, I, I have screwed up enough and learned from that to where when my pin gets on an animal, I'm not thinking about my anchor point. I'm not thinking about my bubble level. I'm not thinking about – I've already done all that. I am now focused on literally pushing and pulling my bow apart until my shot breaks and I kill this animal. That's it. I mean, that's – my mind is focused on execute the shot. That's it. There's yeah. nothing else going on in my head. I'm not worried about is my bubble level, is that shit's all secondhand nature. I've done it a million times. Like, yeah. And I think, I think guys that can do that in the heat of the moment and cancel everything out except for I'm going to aim, 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 aim until the shot breaks. Those guys are going to kill way more animals than the guy that's got to go, okay, check your bubble. Okay, check your anchor point. Okay, yeah. make sure... You're squeezing your release. Okay. Make sure your yardage is right. Make sure like, dude, if you gotta think but, about But then
0: there's that, the guys too on the opposite end of that. There's guys that pull back, hurry up, punch a trigger, shoot. What happened? I don't know what happened.
2: Well oh yeah. Oh, well, and that's the other thing is I mean, there's a fine line between going. That's also into letting into the overdrive. moment get a hold
0: of you a little bit, too.
2: Yes. Yeah. There's a fine line between overdrive and rushing a shot. Because rushing a shot is no good. Not settling your pin, not letting your pin float. Not picking a spot.
0: You got all two, that. You let the excitement of the moment oh, take over yeah. your uh, your what you prepared <laughs> yep. for.
2: Absolutely. So, and then so it's
0: it. i good. I, I want to, for time's sake here. I want to kind of move forward. Can, let's talk about the pack out a little bit because I think that's a an under. Well, maybe it's an underplayed part of the yep. story for a lot of people, but maybe it's an overplayed part of the story for a ton of people too. But you, your buddies, which is great because I want these buddies in my life and. And I do. Oh, I yeah. know Devin. I know Ty. I know. I know yep. a lot of these guys, and and yep. I know you. I know. Probably. I. I honestly assume that one of the, the first bull elk I ever kill. I, you'll probably be around for that, based Boy, off I like hope. our friendship. Gosh, you know? I hope. You'll I, see me cry like I a baby, really, dude. You will. I really hope. I really hope so, man.
2: I would. I. I really hope I. I am one of the guys there for that. They, oh, that would be
0: awesome. I want to do a mule deer and an elk hunt next fall. So we gotta start. We we get to chatting here, but. Um, I got I got an idea for a camp, honestly. So you have to. Yep. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, Buckstorm will probably be involved in this, and uh, you got to nice. meet those guys. They're 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 just like Devin and Easton yep. and Ty. Those guys. It's it's just yep. like all cut from the same cloth, you know. Oh yeah. Um, yep. But you know, you ha- those guys took off work. They came in to help you pack out, which is fucking awesome of them. Um, because I saw a, a short video clip of you with the cape and the head on your back. And, oh, yeah. And it, oh, yeah. it looked like a fun time because of what had just happened, but it didn't look like a great time physically.
2: Oh, no. I mean, it's, you know, we were probably going up a 1,000 foot of vertical elevation gained straight up to get to the top. At the top, th- a lot those guys all rode in on e-bikes because out there you can use e-bikes. So once we get to the top and we walk a mile, we're in good shape. But that... Say mile, thousand foot of vertical elevation gain. It is literally six inches at a time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's brutal, dude.
2: I, and you know, I mean, and everyone's like, "Dude, take the pack off, take a break." I said, "No, no, 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 no." When I get this hundred and twenty pound pack on my back, it's not coming off till I get the top of that ridge. Yeah. like I, I don't, I don't want to stop. Like, well, yeah, because then couple, it's gonna be
0: harder to put it back on and keep oh, going. Oh,
2: absolutely, absolutely. Like, I just, I wanted to fit. In my head, and this is just me, like I hold myself to a standard. I'm no one will ever be a tougher critic on me than me. Um, when people are like, "Congratulations, you did a great job," I'm like, "Eh, I did an okay job. I can do better." Like I'm just, I'm hard on myself. I always have been. It's good. I, in my head, I'm like, the final mission on this whole deal is this fucking head and cape has to get to the top of that mountain. Your ass will get this head and cape up there. If it takes you all night, all day till next Tuesday, you will personally get this up there. And and that was just my mindset of to finish this out. You will get that to the top. Like, I don't care how fresh Tyson's legs are, how fresh Ty's legs. It doesn't matter. You are going to get it up there. It's your bull. And in my head, that was my final moment of the whole hunt was, okay, now we got to grind and get this big prick up there. And that was, you know, that was, I mean, it was, yeah, it's six inches at a time. It's left foot six inches, right foot six inches. And, I mean, you are leaned over. You're basically hand and foot. You got your hands on the side of the hill. I mean, it's, you know, you've got 300 inches of freaking horn of antler hanging off your back that's catching on everything. You're off balance. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Packouts outs are... The worst kind of fun that's ever been invented. There is nothing <laughs> there's nothing more rewarding celebratory than nothing, torture. Oh, dude, there is nothing more rewarding than, than strapping your pack up, knowing you got it done, and then there is nothing worse than feeling that weight drop on your shoulders and your back, knowing it's all on your legs and your feet. And back to now get this freaking load to the top. I mean, it's the coolest but worst experience that you can have because it's like it's this evil on one side and the good on the other. But it's it's so like when you finally get it done, dude, there's nothing better. There's no better feeling than being like, I killed that bull. I sent a perfect arrow. I quartered him. We caped him. And we packed the whole frickin' thing. This animal was alive and breathing three hours ago, and it is now in our packs. We are heading up the mountain. When you finally get up there, it is literally like the greatest sense of accomplishment that you can have as a bow hunter to be like, that's it. That was the final stage was getting this pack out done. I mean, it's it's what, it's probably maybe the most special moment for me because it's like the last phase of the hunt. But it means the most because when you're doing that, you got it done.
1: Like, right, right.
2: You, you you, have accomplished and checked off every part of the mission at that point. So in my head, it's like, at that point, I can sort of relax and be like, all right, dude, pat yourself on the ass. You did it. <laughs> like, at that point, I can I can reflect a little bit and be like, okay, you can give yourself some credit now. Like, it's, you, you know.
0: You're, well, let me ask you this. I know you put in the hard work, all this stuff, Clint. Like, first of all, congratulations, dude. I'm super happy for you. Um, I couldn't be more proud of what you're doing, and it's kind of cool how what you've been doing and just the relationship between you and myself and the podcast and everybody that's involved with Working Class, how everyone kind of views you as part of our crew because that's, that's exactly what you are. So, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, man. I'm it's, Thanks, man. I'm so stoked for you, really am. I I'm just got the photo pulled up on my second monitor here and just I've been staring the whole time you've been telling the story, I've been looking at this animal just envisioning everything you're saying. So, for all the moments I was quiet, I'm not spacing out. I'm actually like visualizing it and just it's like I can feel the emotion of how it would feel to be in that moment type of deal. Um so I, I guess what I'm getting to here, I, I guess it's time to kind of switch to the next story um, Yep. And, and moving along here for time's sake. Um, yep. It's, it's time to talk whitetails a little bit. And, you know, we have – it's not going to be long before you're on again. But I, I definitely want to talk about uh, – so coming back. So you get this buck off uh, off the mountain and you, you got it caped out. Of course, you're getting it mounted and everything like that. So – um yep. do, do, is it at a taxidermist in utah yep yep at a
2: taxidermist in utah yep
0: okay too bad old barn doesn't have a facility in utah but i'll uh i'll get to working on that you have um, to working on that <laughs> yeah um you should have you should have dropped it off at my place then i would have took it to old barn for you oh, so, see
2: i could have done that i should have done that
0: yeah um anyway so he's at the taxidermist. what kind of mount are you doing just quickly
2: Um, so he's, he, uh, shoulder mount, he's got a little bit of a turn. Um, it's going to show more of one shoulder than the other. Um, I don't do mouth open or anything like that. You know, it doesn't, doesn't look like he's bugling. He's just got his head turned a little bit. Um, yeah, it's going to look sharp, man. I mean, he's, you know, it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to get him back. It's it's uh, my biggest bull. So, so you yeah, don't man, have the rack at
0: all. He's at the tax service right now.
2: Nope, at the tax service. Yep, at the tax service. So yep. will you
0: drive out there or fly out there? Are they going to ship it? or what? what?
2: Uh, he's actually got some family that's in Youngstown, and he's got to go to Missouri and Ohio here this spring, so I'm probably going to just meet him, which is really cool.
0: Okay, how about this? Pick him up, come back to the studio, podcast, then head home.
2: Uh, I'd be, yeah, we could probably do that. Yeah, that'd be dope. Okay. That'd be real dope.
0: It might work out for what we got planned for 21 anyway, but we won't get into any yeah. of that right now. Um, Little hint, hint there. Uh, yeah, no
2: doubt. Little, uh, little subtle hint for uh, what's to come.
0: Let's talk about whitetails, buddy. So yep. you, you get back. Ohio's like, yo, what's up? It's whitetail season. You're like, bet. Okay. I just killed an elk. Challenge me. And yeah, I, I, I just back. let you take this story, man, however you want to take it.
2: I, I get back on a Thursday, my season starts Saturday. So I got like a day and a half to kind of you know like I'm 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 riding the elk High, um
0: super stoked Which You probably still are.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll ride that till for you know till next year. I mean, you know, but I'm super stoked I get home and I'm like, "All right, like just typical Clint fashion, I'm just like, okay, we got to sweep, you know. Like it's fun, we celebrated, but all right, it's time to shift gears now. It's it's whitetail time, so we gotta we gotta forget elk season. We gotta get forget the elk hunt, and we need to like get zoned in now on on whitetails, you know. So, um, target buck, um, been watching him all summer. He kicked my ass all year last year. <laughs> he he shed um mid January, when he shed. I shifted gears to the buck I killed last year. Yep. So which super old buck, I was stoked with him like 140 inch nine. I mean, I was, I was pumped to kill that deer in the snow, super cold, awesome story, awesome buck. But my heart was set on this buck. Um, and I'm just like, okay, in 2020, that's, that's going to be the buck. Like that's what we're going to do. So opening night, I got this game plan. I checked the camera Saturday morning with the kids. um, my mom's like, yeah, you know, we'll take him to the park. You know, it's it's perfect wind, perfect conditions. Like, you better go hunt. I'm like, okay, you know. So I, I get in a tree at like 4:30. Um, beautiful afternoon. I'm like, you know, deer moving early. I'm like, all right, you know, this is great. I'm I'm on the I'm on the fringe of this thicket, that I know he's been bedding in. About 6:30, lo and behold, I see antlers coming through the thicket on the opposite side, and I'm like, oh no, this buck is doing complete opposite of what i thought he would do he skirts me at like 80 yards no shot i'm i mean i, I watch him for a half hour feed on acorns working his way to this bean field and i'm just like you've got to be kidding me mm-hmm. like apps absolutely have to be kidding me like you know just it's opening day so i'm pumped i saw him but like when you start hunting and targeting specific bucks you only get so many opportunities to see them live and in person and right, right. what i've found is if you see a buck one two three times in a whole season a mature buck a specific buck you really did something i mean they, yeah. they just they just they don't get five six seven plus from being dumb, and they don't walk around in daylight a lot, and You, you want to hear
0: something in. that a guy I grew up with, grew up hunting with? He's an old. He was one of my hunting mentors. I consider him. His name is Jim. Um. Jim Burns. Big shout out to Jim Burns. He's a guy who got me like interested in the West at a young age. Or anything? Yep. He. This is simply. This is just what he said. Those bucks just don't come around. No, they and, call them, and, and they don't. And I don't know why. So my dad killed. When I was younger, he killed a hundred and ninety-one inch mainframe. A the guyer buck. It's one we yep. talk about a lot. Oh and yeah. And I just remember unreal. him saying,
2: "Unreal buck, unreal buck." Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. And I just remember him saying, "Bucks like that just don't come around. Mature bucks just don't come around." Yep. And it's yep. like, no, man, they, that's they, such yep, a simple statement, but it's yep. so goddamn true.
2: No, it is. It is. It's one hundred percent true. And the thing about it is, is you are so fortunate to see one of those deer like that. In daylight, on its feet, and not know you're there, and to not be able to run an arrow through a buck like that—that that, that that has no clue I'm there. On early season hunt where he's still on a summer pattern, he's calm. It just killed me. I'm sitting there, and this is the Western Hunter in me. I'm contemplating getting down on the ground <laughs> and trying to make a stalk. But the yeah. problem is I've got does and two little bucks in between me and him. So that's not even an option. I can't do that. Or trust me, I was getting my ass down, and I was going to try to cut him off, and I'm still riding my elk high. I'm like, I'll just fucking bugle at it. No, no, no. Hit like
0: <laughs> him <laughs> with the like, old hoochie mama. Yeah, I'm
2: like, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, yeah, like, I'm just going to get down and cut him off. But I had deer in front of me and between me and him, so I obviously couldn't do that. So Sunday night rolls around um, I don't hunt cause I got the, or, or I, I hunt Sunday night, um, hunt Monday night. I got the kids Tuesday, Wednesday. And then, so I, I never usually hunt when I have the kids during the week. Um, I get off work. I want to spend time with them. I don't care if it's hunting season or not. That's just, you know, they're my number one priority. So Understandable. that's just, yep. You know, I mean, and honestly, like, I don't even think about it. If a giant walks by on one of those days, you know what? It just wasn't meant to be. It is what it is. Like I, I, I don't even, I don't even think about it. You know what I mean? It just, it is what it is. So,
0: I wish Doug was on, here for that one. It is yeah, what it is. It is what
2: it is. <laughs> so on Tuesday, the news breaks um, about Trey and Liv um, losing Clyde. Um, that happened. That happens on Monday. I find out Tuesday. I call you immediately. I'm trying to call Devin. I can't believe it. You know, I'm fucking crushed. I'm crying. I'm at work. Like I leave work. Um, it just it's you know it's just a bad week. I mean, it's just a bad week. And Um, we can
0: touch on. I'd I'd rather touch on the Clyde situation after the deer story, and then we'll we'll, before you know, right? Just because it's still fresh in our minds. Yeah,
2: it is. I'm I'm just giving
0: But no, I hear it. you. I hear you. I hear if,
2: you. So, I I'm trying to hunt but I'm just not into it. I mean, I I got I tried to get a plane ticket and and I couldn't find one and then the one I did find was like, you know, $2600 and I was going to be flying all night and it just I'm super bummed all week. I'm not eating, I'm not sleeping, you know, I mean, Um, you know, Susie and everybody, my mom and my dad, you know, Kurt, Devin, everyone, you know, I mean, like, I mean, everyone's like, you know, like they're, they're, they're we're all like mourning together. Everyone's trying to like, you know, you need to hunt, you need to try to take your mind off it. Like, I just can't get my mind off of this and I'm trying to hunt, but it, I just can't like, it's just, I'm just not into it. I'm just not. So I decide I'm going to dedicate rest of my season to Clyde um trey lives little boy who, who tragically passed away so i on thursday night i write clyde on my my number one arrow so that's 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 now my new number one arrow and my tight spot quiver shout out to tight spot um they 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 yeah they have supported supported me and done a lot for me over the years so big fans of kelly and tight spot over there if you don't run a tight spot check one out you should be running one i'm running anyway, one.
1: Love
2: it. oh yeah absolutely the best but so anyway that's my number one arrow now. Um, I haven't hunted with it yet. I made it Thursday night, so Friday rolls around. It's the funeral. Um, super bad day. I don't think I slept one hour Thursday night. Um, Friday rolls around. I go to work. Um, Susie's coming into town, so I'm excited about that. She's coming in to hunt shes She lives in Pennsylvania. Um, man, shout I'm to really, Susie,
0: man. She's getting some shout-outs on this podcast. Yeah,
2: dude. Susie must a girl, be a babe, huh? Yeah, Susie, she is. Susie Mountain, man. She's she is. She's a babe. She's a little badass from PA. Um, yeah, man. Just just super super stoked. Really lucky. Super lucky to to have crossed paths with her. And, and that's another whole other story. But
1: right,
0: don't fuck up, kidding. Susie.
2: That's yeah. It's it's more like uh, don't fuck up, Clint. But well, anyways, see, so. I was trying
0: to be a boy there. See what I did? <laughs> yeah,
2: I know, I know, I know what you did, but. So she's coming into town. I'm excited about that. And that's taking my mind sort of off of it. But like, I'm not going to lie, man. Like I'm just fucking bummed all day. Like it's the funeral. I feel like I should be there. I talked to Devin and Easton in the morning and they're getting ready to go to the funeral. And, and, you know, they're just like, dude, you need to hunt tonight. Like, man, like you got to get back in after that buck. You know, you got to take your, you got to try to get your mind off this man. Like, you know, I know it's tough and it it just hits different when you're a father
0: 100 percent and
2: you and you think about this like i I just couldn't get it off my mind you know i mean i just couldn't so
0: yeah yeah no dude i it it messed with me
2: oh absolutely man i mean me and you me and you talked so many times during the week about this and it's like i just i just had to talk to people about it to try to help me because i just couldn't like get it off my mind, you know. And um, yeah,
0: yeah, dude.
2: I don't know how many times you know I talked to you and Devin because like you guys know him and and you.
0: you we shared hunting camp, camp with Clyde, and, man. Yeah, That's what I'm
2: saying. That's, that's what I mean. Like it was just such a deal. But he was our so, little
0: he was our entertainment dude in the mountains. Oh, you dude, know? he
2: was. He was. Oh, it was so refreshing to have him there because I miss my kids so much on those hunts. It's so it was so nice to have him there. But so I take and drop Susie off to a spot, and I'm just like. You know, like I told her I was going to hunt, but I'll be honest. I didn't even know if I was going to hunt. Like, I'm just like, man, I'm excited for her. It, it was my mom's 55th birthday, which was really cool. I was excited about that. But like, realistically, man, I'm just bumming. And yeah. so the wind out of nowhere, the wind shifts. It's like 50 degrees. Temperature dropped. Wind shifts. I'm like, man, you know, maybe I should just listen to everybody and go. So I'm like, fuck it. So I get dressed. I head to, I head to the tree, same tree. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to go on the other side of this thicket. Like maybe, you know, maybe he'll do what he should have been doing and it'll work out. You know, I'm just like, you know, whatever. Honestly, I never hunt half-heartedly and I'll be honest, walking in that night, I was just half-heartedly gone. Like I I Mm -hmm. was just bummed. I was just bummed. I'm like, you know, I just, whatever. Get in the tree, saw a few deer, you know, I'll be honest, I was I was miserable, I'm sitting there, I'm just like, gosh, you know, like all I can think about is the funeral and the service and just Trey and Liv and, live and, and I, I know Devin and Easton are there and I'm just like, I just can't get the whole deal off my mind. It was honestly miserable sitting there, like I'll be just flat out honest, it was awful. About 6.50, some deer start moving and they're coming out of this thicket and I'm just like, all right, you know, like Whatever. Um, next thing I know, I see just this big left side stand up out of this thicket. And I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, that's him. And lo and behold, here he is. He's at, I don't know, hundred, hundred and ten hundred, 110 closing. And I'm like, no shit. And all of a sudden he just does a 180 and starts walking the fringe heading towards this tr- tree line. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, y- no, like it's, 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 it's like the elk scenario all over again with the cows taken off. He just out of nowhere starts going the absolute wrong direction. I'm like, I've got no shooting lanes over there. Like no deer ever walks over there. I'm like, no, 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 Like, like, no, gee, like I cannot have this buck within 70 yards Two days in a week and not get to run an arrow through it, like, this can't happen. Like, I know how rare these chances are.
0: Right. So. This early, especially.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, now's the time to kill him. I mean, he has no idea he's being hunted. He's walking around in broad daylight. And I'm like.
0: What's the date on this?
2: So, this would have been October 5th, Friday, October 5th, the day of Clyde's funeral. First day in the tree with McLeod arrow on the day of his funeral. So I'm ranging and there's literally one hole. There is one hole through the tree line, 47 yards. This buck has to walk step first step to get to this hole. If he takes one step left or right, I'm screwed. The hole is about comparable to a small basketball or like a volleyball. That's all I got to work with. Mm -hmm. So he's got to stop damn near perfect in this hole. He starts walking and he's sort of angling that way. Mind you, my bow my bow is still on the bow hanger. I dialed my sight to 47, but I'm still holding my rangefinder and I'm thinking there's no way. No way is this going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like the odds of this taking place are so slim to none for him to just like there's no Min- mineral lick over there. There's no scrape over there there's no acorns he just has to magically walk to this spot like <laughs> right just for, you're a lion. yeah just for what like all my eggs are in this basket of nothing so he starts walking towards it and i'm like no way he gets like 20 yards from this spot and my mouth is dropped Mind you, side note, I still have not grabbed my bow because I am literally in shock that this is taking place. I Mm -hmm. cannot believe what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. This deer, this deer is 10 yards and closing in on this spot and the red light goes off in my head. Hey, dumbass, grab your bow. This is going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. he's going (laughs) to the spot. I grabbed my bow and I literally remember being like, I don't know what's happening right now. I have no idea what is taking place, but somehow, some way, this deer is literally walking to this hole. I get back to full draw, and I'm like, okay, you're only going to get one shot to mouth grunt stop this buck. If you don't stop him dead money, you're going to be off to where that hole is no longer on his vitals. I mean, I'm working with a volleyball at 47 yards. Mm-hmm. He comes to the hole. He like stops on his own to make sure he he, like slows down. I'm at full draw. I got my pin buried on him. I just give a little. He stops. Not only does he stop, he throws his front shoulder facing me forward, opening up his chest even more, and he looks the other direction.
0: No shit. No shit.
2: In my head, I'm like, this is the most meant to be arrow I'm ever going to release. Clint, if there's ever a time, please bury this pin and execute this shot. This is, I am mind blown, mind blown on what is going on right now. I bury this pin and dude, it was the most tunnel vision focused I think I've ever been on a shot in my life. I mean, it was so slow. It felt like it took me 10 seconds for this shot to take place. I mean, it didn't, but that's just – it was like slow motion. Right. The shot breaks, and this arrow literally buries behind his shoulder and disappears, and the buck mule kicks and spins off, and I'm like – I mean, I'll be the first to admit I've never done this, and I'm, I'm so happy I did because it's something I'll never forget. I just absolutely bawled my fucking eyes out. Like, it was the most stressful 10 seconds of hunting I've ever been in, hoping that this was all going to work out, knowing what it, like, it was total fate that that just all took place like that. The first night with that Clyde Arrow on the day of his funeral, literally, like, mom's birthday, Susie's in town. I mean, Devin and Easton are on their way back from the funeral. They don't even know if I hunted or not. Mm-hmm. So immediately, like, I call my dad, call Susie, and I'm like, I got to call Devin. And, and this is so, this is this is, this is is so crazy. This might be the craziest part. Devin and Easton don't know if I hunted or not. I haven't talked to them since, like, noon. Yeah. They're on their way back from the funeral. Total tearjerker. Like, Devin said, the coolest but saddest funeral service he'll ever be at. Yeah. I answer, I'm, I'm calling. Devin answers the phone. He's got me on speakerphone through his truck. Before I can say a word. And you know how Devin is, typical Devin voice. He's like, come on, baby. Tell me you ran that fucking client arrow through that big buck. Come on, tell me. And I'm like, I'm still so emotional, dude. I'm like, I just fucking drilled him, Devin. And him and Easton literally, dude, are going nuts. Easton's (laughs) like, pull off the road. You're going to wreck. Like, we are partying on the phone, dude. I'm screaming. They're screaming. Like, he pulls off. It was like another one of those moments, dude, where like, you can't even make that shit up. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, that's awesome, it, dude.
2: He, he So Devin's like, when I saw your name pop up, he's like, I looked at Easton and I said, he killed that buck. And he said Easton was like, what? He's like, I'm telling you, he killed that buck tonight. I, I can feel it. He answers with, come on, baby. Tell me you fucking smoked <laughs> that buck with the colliderio. Tell me, baby. And I'm like, I mean, dude, I was so mind blown. By what had happened. And then it ends like that. Like, he, dude, it just, I'm telling you, man, it was like the most faint thing that's ever happened to me. And I'll be the first to admit, I question a lot. I question more than I should. I know you're not supposed to question stuff, but I do. I just, I question stuff, man. I've questioned this whole deal so much. And that was the first time since he was killed that I honestly felt like it was okay. Like, I was at peace for a little bit with the whole deal. Like, it was just such fate, man, that I killed that buck on that day with that arrow in that scenario and then for it to just play out like that, dude, like I will probably never have another, I will never have a moment that rivals that in my bow hunting career outside of watching my two boys kill their first deer. Yeah. Literally, there will never be another moment like that. Never.
0: So cool, man. It's, cra- <sighs> that's crazy to like,
2: I know it, 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 like I have goosebumps right now, even talking about it. Because it's literally, what are the odds of all of that taking place? What are the chances?
0: They're not good. No, um, no. It's I love it, dude. I love I love the photos that were taken. Shout out to Emily Shad oh, for taking those photos. It. The Clyde killed arrow it. photo is amazing. Yeah. Um, stud Buck, congrats again. But yeah, like, did and I'm doing the same thing, man. I'm I'm gonna go out and write. I'm gonna go grab the fresh arrow. And yep. I encourage all of our listeners to do this um right Clyde on one of your fletchings on your arrows yep. and yep. send us a picture post it in your story something we'll we'll reshare yep. it anything absolutely. tag us um yep. you know I let's let's all honor if if you don't mind honor your season to Clyde um just absolutely a true mountain baby oh, a true so- cowboy mountain Wyoming backcountry couple. Um, Oh yeah. It was was cool. You dedicated your season and then it was almost like instantly he looked out for you and got you. You know what I mean? Oh
2: yeah. I mean, I'm telling you like there was no reason for that deer to do that. There was no reason for him to go that way to get to that only spot. There was just no reason. And it's like, that was the turning point where I started to honestly heal from this whole deal. Like, it, it, it dude it was not it was honestly like it was it was so nuts and then like
0: yeah
2: you know that that buck I absolutely smoked and I don't know how but he made it like thousand eleven hundred yards we backed out that night and then me and Susie went in together the next morning and found him and I mean he was dead on his feet like absolutely smoked him but Just off of adrenaline, that buck made it that far before he finally gave in. Like, just amazing. Like, there were pieces of his lung dropping on both sides of the blood trail as we're blood trailing this buck. That's when
0: you know you're in the money, though, but it's weird when it goes that far.
2: it's, it's, It's crazy. I've never seen nothing like it. Just the will to survive. But just such a moment, dude. Like, And then to share it. Like, you know, my dad was there that night and then Susie was there. And then like the next day it was just me and Sue. Like, it, it was just, the whole deal was just such a moment. And I mean, it was just, it was just so cool for it to all pan out like the way it did. But I mean, like, I just want to thank everybody that has prayed for Trey and Liv, that has donated to the, the, the GoFundMe is absolutely unreal. The amount of money that that thing has raised already, like. Amount of people that have, have, you know, said a prayer for me, prayer for their family, you know, prayer for everybody involved. Like the amount of support from people that have never met Clyde, never met Trey and Liv, they probably never will. But because these people are close to working class hunter, they're close to Devin, they're close to me, you listeners say, Mm -hmm. okay, if they're close to them, they're close to us. Like that shit is what makes the WCB nation and what makes people that support me, people that support you, people that supports working class bowler, that is what makes us so freaking badass, man, is the 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 solid supporters and the solid listeners that honestly care. Like it was mind blowing on those posts with Clyde and posts with Lane Trey and um Liv. The amount of likes and comments yeah. and just people sharing it.
0: Well, and not only that, in the GoFundMe, the oh. GoFundMe that we put together, and I think less than a week, we set a goal of fifteen thousand dollars, and less than a week, we're almost to eleven thousand dollars. And I will link, I'll link that link to the GoFundMe in the description yep. of this podcast. Um, yeah. If you can, if you can only give a dollar, give a dollar. And here's yep. the thing: it's like it's not necessarily that they. Are at a lack of money. I don't know their situation, but Trey and live. They make their living off guiding people on their dreams yep. to chase elk, to chase mule deer, to chase bear. Like that's when we yep. went out there, we, we hunted black bears yep. and spent time in that camp and whatever they're going through. If Trey, Trey needs to step out and, and pay his other guides to spend time with, with his wife and, and kind of deal with this whole situation. We want to be able to help him do that. and, and, not have to fall behind on any of that stuff. He should only be focused on one thing, and that's just family right now. And Absolutely, this is the one thing we want to do. They're great, great people, just great red blooded Americans, like just some of the best people I'll ever meet. And yep, it, it's it's so sad, but I'm glad we're able to help with our platform, and I'm super thankful. Um, for everybody that has donated, that's a support of our platform. I saw a lot of our, our hardcore listeners our hardcore supporters, um, throwing in donations in there. Oh
1: yeah. We are absolutely.
0: super, super grateful for you for doing that. Um, yep. and if you, if you didn't know about it until hearing it now, uh, links in the description, give a dollar, give $5, give $10, something, anything to help. Um, it's a super tragic accident, kind of just a, a freak deal. Um, and I can just only, I can't even imagine, man, it's, it's hit me pretty hard, honestly. (laughs)
2: Oh, oh, especially after having,
0: having a daughter, not, not actually pretty close in age, you know, it's, oh
2: yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, the, you know, it, it it just hits, it's awful all the way around, but it just hits different when you're a dad or a mom and you, you read or you see something like this. And then like for me, I mean, every day I had that that little shit on my shoulders or i was strolling him or i was strolling him around or i'd be like hey live take a break go get something to eat you know i'll take him up to the horses like we'll go up and i'll stroll him up there and he's like four months old at the time three months yeah. old like yeah. it was just so cool to like have a little guy that small and like play with him and and you know we we'd we'd sit him on the table during camp and I mean, he had the biggest smile, and I'll never forget, like, he would belly laugh. Oh, my God, so, so big. Like, so, he would chuckle and belly laugh. He was so happy. And, like, just to watch Trey and Liv interact with Clyde, like, I've never, I left that camp, and I'm like, I want to find what Trey and Liv have. Like, those two look at each other, and you can just tell, like, they are 110% in love with one another they support one another they are there for one another and with Clyde like they just absolutely I mean he was absolutely their world and just to see that kind of a tragic event happen to two people that would give the shirt off their back to anybody it it, it just I just I'm never gonna get over that I mean I will never fully recover like it's so weird, man. I just commented on a photo on on Saturday night before this happened. A photo of them and Clyde and I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah. Clyde's get Clyde's getting so big, I can't wait to see him and keep He's got the He'll working be class bow hunter
0: beanie on, just yeah, smiling yeah. wide, yeah.
2: And, and and I just commented on that photo and then literally this happens less than forty eight hours later. Like I, I just it is just the most heartbreaking, you know, but
0: I know, man, it's, it's, it's not good. It's
2: just, it's just hard to honestly even believe that it's real and wrap your head around. Like that's how much it hit home for me and for, yeah. for you and for Devin and like guys that have been around him and got to meet Clyde. Like it, the amount of lives that Clyde affected in his short time here, eight months, it is literally mind blowing the people that cared and loved that little boy like it is literally. Well, you
0: got to remember, a lot of people shared hunting camps with him. Oh, that's what hits a lot different. Going back to like you know, you yeah. said the people you yep. come across through hunting. You know, yep. it's the same absolutely. effect no matter what your age is. Like you're you're a part of a uh, you're a part of a culture, man that yep. appreciates no, uh, absolutely. I don't. You're just oh fuck, uh,
2: dude. It's 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 hard. It's I mean. Uh, it's just, yeah yeah it's, you're just
0: a part of a culture that like appreciates uh yeah appreciates I'd, people differently you know
2: oh yeah dude i mean it's uh it's this is why i wanted to wait till the end i mean like you know
0: yeah i know i'm trying to like, it's, pull out of it yeah oh yeah i'm up.
2: with you dude i'm i'm with you it's like i you know like it's crazy to think now on a podcast after all i've thought about it i can still here right now, get sort of teary eyed in talking about it, but like, I mean, I am, and, and I can tell you've choked up a little. Like, I, our whole demeanor and our whole voices have changed talking about this because it just hits so hard when it's someone like that and people you know that are such good people to have to go through a tragic event like that. I mean, it, it just like, uh, yeah. it, it's it just. Uh, I mean it. It just hits so hard. I it's mean, super tough.
0: But I guess you know we just uh, think positive, man, about it and kind of keep them in our thoughts and well, dedicate and, our and seasons Trey, to Clyde. You know, and
2: I'd, Trey and Liv are are so strong in their faith and they are so strong in general. Like,
0: oh dude, if they're they're way if they're, dude, People out there are way tougher people than they are back here.
2: Oh dude, yeah, and and, and I mean, if there were if there were two people out there that could be chosen to handle something like this, the guy upstairs picked the right two people because those two oh, yeah. are as mentally tough. I'll be the first to admit, people people think I can grind. People think I'm pretty mentally tough. They think I'm pretty hardcore. Dude, I'll be the first to tell you right now, I would still be on sixth floor for I don't know how many years if this was me right now. I oh, I, yeah. I don't – I would be literally – I'd never be me again. Ne- I, I, I. I mean, I'll tell you that right now. Like, I am not capable of handling that. I, I just, I can't even think about it. Yeah. But Trey and Liv will pull through it. They already are. I've talked to them a little bit. Devin's talked to them. I mean, you know, th- they will rely on on their faith, and and they will pull through, and they will take this terrible situation and turn it into as positive as you possibly can be, and. My hat is off to them. Um, Charlie Kelby, the whole family, we we love you so much. I mean, you know, it just it's it's heartbreaking, but if there's any family that's going to make the best of it, it is definitely you guys and and, and I can say that without a doubt. i mean i yeah. I have no I have no doubt in my mind um that the Heiners, they will pull through this and they will come out better than they started because that's just what they do
0: yeah no dude you're 100 right they're great people man i, I enjoyed oh, some of the best i enjoyed bear camp so much with them i think we i don't know for sure i mean i'll have to double check but bear camp is next spring with this great great family and we're so thankful for our listeners for booking these slots to go on this hunt with us and uh you know, I, we're, for a lifetime, we will be supporting double diamond outfitters and washii oh, outfitters, um, and, and helping them out from mule deer to bear to elk. I mean, th- these people live yep. this stuff. They, they live what we all dream about and what we love. So, um, just think about that. You know, if you'd like to support again, the link's going to be in the description of this episode and we've shared it in yep. on our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our Facebook group, which is working class bull hunters. Um, it's all there. We're, we're about yep. to the goal and it, it just, it makes me happy to see like our listeners' names in there, and you know you can make oh, it anonymous, yeah. but to see yep. like okay, that's amazing, man. So thank you all yep. that that have that have helped with that, and absolutely, it's been crazy, man. It's, it's super unfortunate, but the um, thing you, you do figure, is just kind of turn figure out a
2: way to turn it into a positive. You know, make make the best of a super shitty situation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, I, I that's all you can do, man. It sucks. Yep. It sucks bad. I think it's the first time I actually physically cried on a podcast and I yeah, figured that I'd, was going to happen. But um, oh,
2: yeah, that's why we waited till the end because we we, we we both we both actually talked about this earlier today. And we're like, hey, we're definitely going to wait till the end. Right. And we're both like, e, uh, yeah, like well, we, we can't we can't do this in the beginning because it just it just hits so hard, you know. And yeah, and,
0: yeah. Uh, well, here here's what I think we do, man. Let's take a break for a second. And then we're going to come back. We're going to take some listener questions. Yep. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. And we're getting to your questions here right after this short, short break. Hey guys, we want to take a quick second as random as it is at two hours and six minutes, six (laughs) minutes into a podcast, uh, Clint and I and the whole working class bow hunter crew. And I guess the whole working class bow hunter family that makes up what we are as a brand and a media company and all that. We just want to give a quick thank you for the support for listening for backing what we do when the mainstream industry wouldn't or wouldn't give us a chance. Um, We appreciate you. You are the true working class. You are the true people that make up what hunting is and what this industry is. And we're thankful to have you along for the ride. And we do consider you family. So big thanks to you. Just wanted to say that real quick. And I know we all appreciate you on a super high level. So once again, thank you. Okay. We are back on the episode And we're going to dive into some listener questions. We made this post uh, several days ago. And like we said earlier in the episode, I wasn't feeling well. Clint's in the field harvesting. A lot of shit's going on. So um, we're feeling great now. I got enough bush lights. I'm drinking some. Actually, I'm drinking some Creek water whiskey. As uh, oh, weird, weird as Jesus. that is for me. It's actually really good whiskey. I don't even, they don't even, I think they just got in with Walmart. I don't, <laughs> so they might start selling it up where we're at, which is dangerous because it's a hundred proof whiskey and I'm actually <sighs> pouring a little more now. And I'm not a whiskey guy, but I'm, uh, I'm humble with my whiskey drinking, but it actually is a really good whiskey. It's, uh, I'm a big fan of the Yellow Wolf, the rapper, and it's his, uh, his whiskey. So, uh,
2: um, I like, I like some Yellow Wolf. That's good. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm being that seasonal guy. I've got Southern Tears, some pumpkin. It's like a ten percent uh, craft beer. I've had a couple of those during Pump, this podcast. Pumpkin, like pumpkin. Yep, yep, yep. It's a, it's an imperial pumpkin ale. Um, for those of you that don't know, I mean, obviously Bush Light's my go-to, but I'm a big, big uh, craft beer connoisseur. I collect each individual can and bottle from different beer companies. A little bit of background on Clint. A little bit of extra into his life.
0: So, do you save I them think, full or empty?
2: I save them empty and I'm almost <laughs> at six, I'm i I'm almost at 600 different bottles and cans of craft beer.
0: Good for you, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> way it's to, a way little, to be accomplished.
2: I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to, you know, um, I'm trying to get back into the swing, you know, after the emotional, um, the, the talk with the Trey, live and Clyde, I'm, 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 I'm trying to swing, you know, back into, into this. And, uh, yeah, uh, what it's better weird, way than to, to to get back into talking about craft beer? And uh, yeah, it's like kind of like my other obsession outside of bow hunting and my kids is uh, craft beer. So there's that little bit of extra insight <laughs> only for WCB listeners. There's a little bit of insight yeah. to Clint's
0: world. Well, that's the thing too. You know, a lot of guys are like, "Sorry, dudes, I just can't drink Bush Light, or I don't drink that fancy beer. It's like one or the other." And I'm like, "Listen, mm-hmm. guys, like." Bush lies just easy to drink and cheap. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and if you want to just have a good time, and you want to smash some off your head, or you want to bong some, <laughs> or you want to kick some. It's like a dollar, a can. it's like 50 yeah. cents a can, like who cares? It's like, less than
0: a dollar a can. Yeah, it's
2: like 50 cents a can, yeah. so... But
0: you bring in fucking triple brewed IPA, and it's 20% yeah, alcohol, and like, it's like, whatever, if, I'm just like, cool dude, just hand me one, I'll drink it. Yeah,
2: like if, if someone was to um, smash one of these Southern Tears when they're about $9 a piece, if they were to smash that over their head full, I would literally punch them in the teeth, I'd be pissed.
0: <laughs> right. Right. It, it is what it is
2: As Doug would say It is what it is
0: So um getting to some questions here So some of these I'm, We might end up skipping over Because we either already answered them Or it might be sort of redundant to this episode And I'm reading them I I try to read these as candid And as live screen as possible I don't really go through and read a lot of these questions I know Clint you interact Which is super fun um, Which I, I prefer you do that Um David Byback. He uh, first of all, thank you, David, for listening. I, I see your name a lot, man. You're a big supporter. Yeah, absolutely, uh, highly appreciated, man. We definitely, definitely appreciate it. Um no he, doubt. He asked if these were public land hunts. Um, kind of talking so, yeah. about.
2: Yep, elk elk hunt. Yes, um, white tail is um, is a is a private farm. Um, killed on a farm that we actually lease to farm. We don't own it. Um, there's a few other guys that can hunt it. So I mean. Um, it's not quote unquote public, but it gets sort of hunted like public, but these guys typically don't hunt till the rut. So it's kind of nice. They don't like early season. Uh, I kind of have it to myself. So that was, that was pretty, um, that was a pretty big factor into killing this buck. as I honestly wanted to kill him early because that's when that buck isn't getting pressured. And that was kind of my whole plan. So,
0: and he, he asked if you had any prior history with that buck or just one that you got on randomly.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yep. I hunted him the whole year prior. Um, and long story short, he kicked my ass. Saw him four times in daylight. Never got to even draw my bow on him. He shed his... He shed in... I'm going to guess he shed in first week of January or early 2nd. Um, and then I had to switch gears because he no longer had antlers. So...
0: <laughs> That'll do it. Um, That'll do it. Very cool. Thanks, David, for asking that. Uh, Derek Kern, another supporter. I see quite a bit. Um, and he didn't really... Uh, He didn't really ask a question. He just more was being funny. Animal, the man is a damn animal. Congratulations on a successful <laughs> season, Clint. You deserve it. Hard my, work pays off.
2: My man. He's a he's a big supporter of me, big supporter of WCB. Shout out to that guy. Um, I'm looking forward to drinking another beer with him.
0: My dad got on here. Old Papa Dave said, welcome to the Master Club, which you've already been a part of the Wackmaster Club. But the Wackmaster, remember Ted Nugent back in the day, he used to say oh, Wackmaster. Yeah. That was, Wackmaster. was like our thing uh yep. what, welcome to the Wagmaster club awesome start to your season keep it up brother um my
2: man shout out the shout out to uh papa guyer dude he is he is the man the myth and the legend i uh, i love that guy i don't get to see him enough but when i do it's always fun uh catching up with him and I, I really appreciate uh he's always supporting me always commenting always keeping up with what i'm doing and shout out to that guy man i uh really respect the shit out of him
0: Papa Dave's got some big whitetails under his belt. I'm yes, to, he ho- does. Hoping to help him get on another one this season here. Yes, um, he does. So here's a long one, and I, um, I must, I'm just going to read it because okay. I'm, I'm going candid here. I'm not pre-screening this shit for convenience, um, which should say a lot about how we answer our questions honestly. Um, TJ Williams, thanks, buddy, for submitting this. Um, I'm new to bow hunting altogether, but I have aspirations of going out west eventually to bow hunt elk, muleys, pronghorn, bear, or really anything. I have an opportunity to experience uh, or anything. I have an opportunity to experience. See, you can tell I need hooked on Fox. I don't know how to read Um, (laughs) from every time I hear you on the podcast. You're clearly a wealth of knowledge information and you always seem to get it done. Have you ever considered self filming or bringing a camera guy to capture your whole hunts? Honestly, the kill shot might be the least important part in my mind. I want to see all the lead-up to the shot, camp setup, your daily hunt pack setup, scouting, glassing, spotting stocks, explanations of deciding how to close in on the animal, thermals, wind, elevation, geography, etc. Really, I want to better understand your decision-making process throughout the whole hunt, which eventually puts you in front of awesome animals. I know that was hardly a question. Always love hearing your content. Keep it coming, and best of luck on all your hunts.
2: TJ, my man, that's a uh, that's a good one. I I get asked that a lot about the filming. Um, so I used to film, used to self film, used to film with guys. Um, I enjoyed it, but the I do not, and this is just me, and it's not that I'm against people, but I don't like, and Kurt already knows what I'm going to say, but I don't like to have to rely on a cameraman. I don't like to have to worry about if someone else is going to like make a wrong move or if like I like being kind of in the moment, in the moment, just me. So typically that's what led me into writing and led me into doing, you know, mostly my own photos, all my own writing. Um It's kind of all on me. I do think it would be cool because it would show a lot. You know, I, I try to, I try to write and podcast and tell, and really let people into my mindset, my preparation, what I do, but that only goes so far. So it would it's a double edged sword. It would really be cool. I just don't know I think people like you people would enjoy it more than me. Like I just don't really know You're filming how stuff. much Yes yeah, I'm saying, like I just don't <laughs> really know how much I would enjoy someone following me around. I just honestly, I just kinda like to do it as I do it. Um as far as a lot of the questions you ask TJ, honestly reach out to me hit me up, um, DM me, we'll swap numbers. And honestly, man, like we, you know, we, we can have some in-depth conversations about some of this stuff because I, I am really intrigued by your question. I think it's a good question. And I think there's a lot of guys that probably think the same, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I follow that I would love to see the same stuff. Like, you know, for example, Brian Barney's a good example. I get to hunt with Brian. I get to see what he does. How I want to hunt with things. that guy so
0: bad, dude. That's my dream. Oh,
2: dude. Oh, yeah. I, I want to hunt I mean, with... The, I, it's...
0: You want to hear my dream hunt? I'm sorry, I'm TJ. I'm taking over this a little bit.
2: <laughs> I'm taking over.
0: My, one of my dream hunts is to hunt with Clint Casper and Brian Barney on the same hunt.
2: Oh, dude. We'd have so much fun. Gosh, damn. You will
0: see me lose 30 pounds... And you will see me run like a motherfucker just to keep up. But, uh,
2: I, dude, we'd have so much fun. And, and, that guy is so fun to hunt with. Gosh, and, damn. And, and
0: here's why I want it. I want to be in the middle of the brainstorm process and realize how big of a bitch I am, and then revamp and reevaluate my thought process on hunting. Because if you want to be the best, you got to surround yourself with the best, and that's my mindset right there.
2: And I, I the fact that you're even putting me in a category with Brian Barney, is unbelievable but i mean i i am fucking stoked that you said that but literally that guy i mean go look at what he's killed this year go look at the mule deer go look at the elk and you you know what's really funny the day the, the day that i had that bull at 70 and didn't get to kill him miraculously i'm so down in the dumps he calls me as i'm walking out that afternoon i'm walking out to to basically regroup for the midday i'm gonna go find some shade, recalculate my mm-hmm. afternoon plan I'm gonna eat lunch i'm I'm by myself. he calls me. I'm telling him this story, and he's just like immediately he's like, you're so close it's gonna happen, man it's gonna bust loose. I'm telling you it's like it's that gonna guy, bust loose He just that guy just know like he he just like there's another guy that if you would have told me five years ago someday Brian Barney's going to be counting on you. He's going to be pulling for you. He's going to be telling people Clint's going to get it done. I know he's going to get it done. Like if you would have told me that, I'd have said you're full of shit. Like the fact that that guy believes in me and 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 we talk on a day. I mean, you know, we talk on a weekly basis, text. I mean, all the time. I mean, we're we're I consider Brian a, a best friend, and. If you would have told me that guy would have confidence in me someday and, and be like, oh, yeah, you're going to get it done, man. I know you will. You'll pull it out. I'm, I'll be waiting. I'm, I'll be waiting on the picture. Like it is so crazy to even think that, let alone live <laughs> right. that like right. it's just it's just, because that guy is the baddest of the baddest. I mean, there is nobody in my mind. If, if I got one guy and you tell me the, the, the game's on the line, you got to send somebody in to kill an animal. I'm taking Brian Barney, and I, I don't even have to fucking think about it. Like, I am sending him in, and he's getting it done. That is right, right. I mean, I, I'm that confident in that guy.
0: Well, I, I dude, I just watching him, hearing his podcast, hearing you talk about of him, about him watching him on TV. I want to hunt with that motherfucker, man. Oh, he, he's yeah, a dude, dude I'm inspired. He's a killer. By, oh, um, yeah, he is. Let's, let's he's a move, motivator. Let's move on here. Shout out to Brian yep. Barney, uh, Eastman's Elevated Podcast. Um, great
2: podcast. Great podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. If Rogan listens to it and recommends it on his platform, you know there's something to it. Yeah,
2: it, it tells you something.
0: Um, Jordan Dewis. I hope I got your name, your last name right, man. Um, we have an extreme drought in northern Iowa this year. Would you change your setup for a normal year to focus more on water, or do you think the deer will still be in the same locations?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, I'd change it. Um, deer are like cattle or like elk. I mean, they got to have water, and when you have a scarce of it, um I've always been a firm believer of the hot food source or the most scared foods most scarce food source is the food source that gets hit the hardest, the quickest, the fastest, and it's the shortest period. If you don't lock in on that period, it's there and gone before you know it and you miss your time frame. Shortage of water, especially early season when it's hot, during the rut, when bucks are chasing, when does are chasing, getting chased, when when shit's breaking loose, those two time frames Water is extremely important, and on a drought, it makes it even more important. So absolutely, I would key in on that with trail cameras and scouting and, and definitely pinpoint what sources are getting hit and when and make a game plan um, for those locations like right now, immediately. Don't wait. Jump on that now because on hot days they They're thirsty. <laughs> hunting, yeah, on, on, on hot days where typically hunting is not in a hunter's favor— it's going to be in your favor because those deer need water. So when most guys aren't hunting because it's 80 degrees on October 9th, you should be hunting because deer need you know deer are going to get up and go get that water before they go eat. And and in my opinion, you can capitalize on that right now.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a good answer, man. I, I would I would agree. You gotta you gotta make make do with what you got. Um, yep. Brandon Carver asks, (laughs) I love this. Do you just pay your tax numbers monthly or just live with them? Great year so far.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, no, um, it's funny. I've actually got like multiple tax. So like right now I've got a mule deer and a whitetail. We
0: need to hook you up with a whole barn, man.
2: (laughs) So I've got, yeah, I know. I've got. Um, antelope being mounted in Montana right now. I got an elk in, in Utah. I've got a white tail in Ohio. I've got a white tail and a mule deer in Colorado. So I've kind of got taxidermists like just sort of scattered. Um, yeah, I mean the taxidermy bills definitely are factored into kind of like my, my monthly, uh, income as far as, uh, I got to kind of save some money back, um, which is a good problem to have. I'm not going to, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. Um, But I do have to kind of strategically place money to be able to kind of afford, uh, you know, that. So I'm thinking about trying to possibly maybe like what I need to do is find a queer taxidermist, act gay, get in tight there. (laughs) And then that would work out like not actually be sexual with them, but. Act like I'm an item potentially for them and then see how many free mounts I can get before they figure out about Susie or my Le- lead past. Lead them on like then... you're like
0: one of the Tiger King's boyfriends or something.
2: Exactly. That's what I need. I need like a Tiger King. Develop a methodist. meth habit or something. Yes, yes, yeah. Classic. Yeah. I, I, I think cocaine would be like my deal.
0: Yeah, right, right, yeah. Meth is right, a, little, right, right. a little hard. You lose, start to lose right, teeth, you know? Right,
2: right, right, right. I want to keep my teeth.
0: Hey, I, free taxidermy. be <laughs> you got go to you gotta go to extreme lengths.
2: As Doug would say, it is what it is. <laughs> it is. That it applies is. to
0: everything. That's what's messed up it about it. It
1: does. It does.
0: Okay, going to the gram here. And, and a lot of these, we've covered a lot of them. Um, this one right here, I, let me see if you even responded to it first. For Of course you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am 86M. Um, so what are you telling what, so what you are telling me is you have time to hunt the rut in Kentucky on public land this year. The random bar conversation in 2014 will always haunt you until it, until you get it done. And I don't know. I don't know if I know what he's referring to.
2: So basically, basically a guy told me. In a barroom setting, so that's shout, shout out to Mike Everett, one of my one of my longtime best friends from right here in my hometown. He's 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 been on this journey with me. I mean, he's he's listened to me talk about the writing, the bow hunting, the travel in the world since we were in high school. Um, big supporter of the podcast, big supporter of me. You know, tunes in like he, he's he just you know he's like a godparent to my kids. So super good dude. Shout out to Mike. We're at a bar. Long story short, and we're talking about public land white and this guy's telling me how, you know, you it, Kentucky public is so hard, and this this Grayson Lake area, you can't find deer, you can't get on deer, and I'm like, oh, it can't be that hard. Like, you know, I mean, it's you know, like it, it's it, it's there's there's got to be deer there. Like I'm looking at it on Google Earth as we're talking, and I'm just like, it's it's, it's there's there's got to be deer there. I mean, like I'm looking at it, it looks great. He's like, I'm telling you right now, there ain't no way you'll get on deer. So for like two years, I went down there and I spent the early part of my season hunting down there. Like those were my first solo hunts by myself. And Mike went down there with me over a Labor Day weekend and scouted one time and so that's kind of where that all started from is this guy basically told me (laughs) I can't kill a buck down there and I have gotten into some really good bucks down there have been damn close to killing some really good bucks down there and I've gotten into a lot of deer and that's something that I've got to get done at some point then the western stuff started and that has taken over early season (laughs) whitetails but I I Mike is right though that's kind of like the running joke like he's like you can go kill an elephant. You can go kill zebra. You can go kill whatever. But Kill you kill a Grayson Lake, Kentucky buck.
1: You I ain't can't, shit. Ki-
2: I can't, he's like, I can't consider you the goat, Clint. I just can't. And I'm like, I get it. Like I get it. So it's kind of an inside joke, but it also like knowing me and he knows how this is, I will get that done just to prove a point that I can get it done because that's just how I am. Like, you know, that I kind of it. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind it. of that, that. That's the background there. Okay,
0: thanks for filling us in there. Uh, Kyle Lawrence um, Shout uh, submitted this question. Thanks, Kyle. Big ag farm with a large chunk of woods. Do you push in on bedding or acorns or stay out of the field edges waiting on a cold front in the month of October? By the way, congrats again on the stud.
2: So uh, I'm a firm believer of, working from the outside in unless you know you can go in deep and you've got a buck figured out i don't like i'm with you i don't i don't like bum rushing because i think there are times where you don't need to go in super deep to kill a buck and until you figure out how deer use the fringes where they're betting what they're doing then you can slowly start making your moves but once you dive in deep You can't undo that. So if you dive in and blow 20 deer out two nights in a row, you can't – yeah, you can't undo that. But if you hunt the fringes and watch what they do and you figure out where they're coming into fields, you get on your Onyx or you get on your Go Hunt. you look at your maps, you figure out what's taking place, what's happening. Now you can strategically start to work in deeper if need be. But I don't like to go in deep unless I need to go in deep. I mean that's just – that's what's worked for me. Now, I know a lot of guys that they only like to go and hunt field edges, or they, they only like to go hunt acorn flats deep in October, and maybe that's the ticket. I don't know, but for me, I've always worked from the outside in, and I only go in deeper if I need to go in deeper, because if not, I don't want to bump deer out of beds, and the deeper into timber you go, obviously, your chances go up and up and up for bumping gear
0: clint let me so i love this i love your answer because that's the exact answer i would have said do you think a lot of people from from my experience i do think this but i want to know from your experience talking to people do you think a lot of people think i'm going to go deep because social media is motivating if i post a picture of me going straight to the bedding area and i'm moving in and i'm going to try and kill him in his bed i'm going to be more successful i personally think guys like that probably don't know what they're doing and they're fucking shit up without knowing they're fucking shit up.
2: Yeah. I looked at, I looked at a guy's Instagram the other day. I won't say names. He was talking about laying in a deer bed to see what they see. And you need to go in and, and hunt right over top of that and wait on him to come back and do all that. And I'm just like, dude, where in the hell did like, like, where did you pull? Like, where'd you take that from? And, and figure, I mean, don't get me wrong. (laughs) If you can figure out where a buck's bedding, like the buck I just killed, I got in tight to his bed. I basically watched him stand up from 110 yards away. But I knew from research, I knew from trail cameras, that deer was bedding in that thicket. I I mean, I had all the... You didn't need to evidence, go in there and like, sit
0: in his bed and send it no, all up and look around. No, no, and-
2: no. And if, if you don't know anything about a piece of property and you go diving into the middle of it just to say... I dove into the middle. I'm going to hunt deep. I'm going to hunt hard. I'm going to do this. You're kidding yourself if you think that that is going to equal the results you want because you know nothing about what's in there. You you don't know anything. You just bum rushed in there to bum rush in there. You might have blown 50 deer out of that thicket that you never will see now, and you don't even know if you did that or not because they heard you coming or they winded you or, like, I mean, I'm I'm all about getting aggressive when you need to get aggressive, but don't get aggressive until you know it's time to get aggressive. There's a time for that, and there's a time not.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I love it, dude. Love the answer. I think it's hard to argue with, man. Hard to argue with with results. Um, Leaves underscore D from Levi from Pennsylvania asks, "How do you balance family time during season?" It's a good Good question. question. Thanks, Levi.
2: very good question. So, um, I'm very lucky. Me and the kids' mom get along very good. I mean, we were best friends way before we ever we ever dated. We were dated, we were engaged. Uh, didn't work out. Had two beautiful little boys. We we get along great. Shout out to Danielle.
0: Shout out to Danielle. I know Danielle.
2: Absolutely oh yeah, absolutely. Abs- I mean, you know, she's a she listens to the podcast, follows the podcast, you know. She I mean, she's she's a big supporter still of me, of of you know, she knows what I love to do. We get along great. Her work schedule, if she's gotta work extra days, I pick up for her and and take the kids. She knows on these hunts, she works out schedules with my mom. Like honestly, I couldn't do what I do without her support and without her, and huge shout out to her. Um We work out the schedules when I have the kids, typically, unless I'm on a trip out of state, I don't hunt. Um, That's my own personal preference, but my time is limited. You know, I've got them three days, one week, five the next, Um, some extra days depending on her schedule, but those are my for sure days. So I'm only seeing them half the time that I normally would. So my time is precious. That's more important to me than any animal I'm ever going to kill or hunt. So I balance it as they come first um and then the hunting comes second. Um I hunt my ass off when I'm when I'm on hunts and I'm away from them I view it as if I'm going to be away from my kids I am literally going to give 130% every day cuz if I'm not if I'm going to skip a day with them it's damn well going to be for something special and I'm going to put every ounce of effort into that. So Unless I'm out of state, man, I just honestly, like, I don't typically hunt when I've got the kids because that, that comes first for me.
0: Yeah. Super cool, man. Honest answer. I love it. It's cool, too. Working relationships with your ex. You don't have to hate each
2: Absolutely. other. No, oh, old God, no. It
1: nope. also me, helps me. to have
0: an old lady that understands what hunting yep. takes and, and involves. Absolutely. Um, I'm thankful for my wife every day, man. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going hunting. Be. Cool. Yep. You should go hunting. I know because you'd kick yourself if you didn't. That's what she told me yesterday. I went hunting yesterday afternoon. I'm glad you went tonight because you kick your. I talked to you before I went hunting. I'm like, dude, they're cutting corn yep. everywhere. I'm going, yeah. And, and I told my wife, I'm like, sorry, last second, I I gotta go just to feel good. Yep. I get back absolutely. in the house. Hey, thanks for let me go. I'm glad you did because you'd be kicking yourself if you didn't because you're going to podcast yep. tomorrow and you got you're working overtime on Friday and that's yep
2: absolutely.
0: It, you got to have that support system. Yep. Um,
2: very, very important very, be behind every success. If you go look at every successful bow hunter,
0: dude, go, listen, every successful go listen to the hunter. last episode we did with Mark Drury. Yep. He just Absolutely. talks about you got to have a wife that's down for the cause.
2: Yep. Yep. And, so, and as a support system, you've got to have a support system, whether it's your family, your wife, like even in my case, like, you know, like, like my, you know, ex-fiance. I mean, we get along. Great. We laugh. We joke. We talk about the kids every single day. We text every single day. I mean, it's we are best friends that are raising two kids to the best of our ability together. And that's honestly how it should be, because we put the kids first, first and foremost. And and that's that's just how it should be. And I wish everybody in the world would see it like that. But unfortunately, they don't.
0: Yeah, I mean, but good for you guys, man, for sure. Um, Moving on. Hard cut, like that. Uh, Green Machine 32 asks, this is a cool question. How much intel does he have to have on a specific buck to go in after him? Maybe go through some steps of what he goes through to be confident that it could happen the day of the hunt.
1: So
2: I live and die by the rule of three. Um, I like the rule of three. If I see a buck do something two times or I get pictures of a buck doing something two times – I will be there to capitalize, hopefully, on the third strike. Um, if I see a pattern, whether it's wind, a moon phase, uh, a time of day, anything that gives me a rule of three, I am considering that a pattern. I'm considering that a flaw in armor. I'm going in right now. Like that's that is my. That's just kind of been my number. It's kind of been my my, my thing. I think bucks do things for certain reasons, and that's what keeps them alive. It's what they know. They're creatures of habit. If you figure out what they're doing, why they're doing it, when they're doing it, just figure something out that gives you an edge to their pattern. Man, patterns kill big deer, and that's plain and simple. Patterns kill big deer. Patterns consistently kill big deer. If you can consistently pattern deer, you're going to consistently stumble into big bucks and have opportunities to kill big bucks. I know everybody loves the rut. But you guys have all heard me talk about it. This year is another prime example. I kill my big deer, ninety percent of them, early and late when I can pattern them and figure out the flaw in the armor and go in after them and get them killed. That, that's just what I like to do. It's worked good for me. Um, I just, I totally believe in that system of three, and I totally believe in patterns, man. That's, that's for me. That's just where it's at.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's great advice, man um moving on thanks green machine 32 for the question uh dominic s 88 shout out team working class uh he said clinton's a man congrats um so thank you man for the support absolutely um this is we kind of answered this question already but i want to give him the credit for asking and clarence pom pomcala I, I, dude, I'm terrible at reading Instagram names because I don't know where the break is. <laughs> um, how do you try to get on an elk when they're not talking? Ever tried an elk decoy? And you covered that. like You don't necessarily call elk. You're making your moves on them yep. based on how yep. they're talking. And and you answer, kind of answered his question in this Instagram post. That's a cool thing about right. when, when Clint's on, if you submit a question, he'll either get to you like, hey, we'll answer this or this is what I would do. Like He's going to respond to you, so which is pretty cool. Um, which says a lot about you clint man i do i do appreciate you doing that. I try not to look at them until I'm reading them, so it's like we said earlier right. with the story it's it's yep honest. authentic it's yep. all authentic honest. authentic yep um huntsman underscore e d c how's the v x r
2: absolutely love it. just made a post about it tonight, actually um, it's been my favorite rig up until this point i'm I'm, bl- I'm blessed that i get to work with matthews hand in hand so i get i get a new flagship bow every year so i'm constantly get to testing and and hunt with the latest greatest that they've got um what i can tell you is up to this point that vxr 31.5 is my favorite rig it's for me it's been the most dead in hand it's been the quietest and it's that's a 35 just- axle to axle Thirty one point five. Thirty one point
0: five. They said thirty five X lock Yep, yep.
2: nope. Thirty one. They have a twenty eight and a thirty one point five. Um yeah, I, I it's it's me and Brian Barney were just talking about this the other day. I mean, out of all the Matthews we've owned, it's it's honestly just been the most dead in hand and deadly quiet rig I've ever had. I've I've absolutely loved it. Dude, everybody um, I know is
0: shooting a VXR right now, man. I've never oh shot yeah, one. Oh yeah,
2: dude. And and I and I or maybe I, I did give... shoot one.
0: I might have shot one at shooters. I just don't remember.
2: I can't give a ton of details and I can't say a whole lot, but I'm going to drop this on this podcast guys that love the VXR and have shot it or own it or want one just hold off because I'm telling you right now what's coming in November, what's going to be released from Matthews is it's, all I can say is if you like the VXR, you are going to absolutely love what they got cooking right now. It's in the oven. It's going to be coming out hot, fresh, and ready here in a couple of weeks. Just stay tuned for that. That's all I can say.
0: Interesting drop. I don't know anything about that. I'm not familiar with Matthews too much, but I haven't shot a, I haven't shot a – well, I did shoot a Matthews at Shooter's Archery – but I don't know what model I shot, and it was like they're all like. I think you
2: told me. I think you told me, but I don't remember which one. I you shot, shot them on the
0: air. I re- we recorded it, but I didn't. They're all like not my draw length and shit like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? mean so see,
2: that's so hard. Like if it's not your draw length, like, it totally defeats the whole deal.
0: It throws the score off a couple points. I was trying to oh, rate 100%, them. Percent,
2: hundred percent, yeah, hundred
0: um, percent. Where we at? Okay, oh, this is a good question. Okay, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher Instagram names c stoltz 710 uh congrats clint curious if the bow um slash broadhead setup stays the same for elk and whitetail
2: yep absolutely so i'm shooting a it is a 441 grain Pierce platinum 340 shaft from gold tip i've been shooting those now for about four years just absolutely cannot get away from them um been working with gold tip for about five or six years now and i mean i'll be honest they they try to get me to shoot some newer shafts but I, i'll i be honest i just i work hand in hand with with the the hammer himself tim Gillihan, and he always backs me up he's like listen let clint shoot what he wants to shoot if he wants to keep those pierce platinums that's the one of the best shafts you've ever made let him do it and honestly i I've i've not switched i mean they make a ton of great shafts but that Pierce Platinum with the brass outsert and insert system, uh, the pin knocks, absolutely love it. I run 2.75-inch uh, tack driver vanes, four-fletch, with a 125-grain sever 1.5 up front, and yeah, total arrow weight's like 441, front of center's like 18%. Kinetic energy is like in the high 70s, I mean, just just absolutely thumps. It's going about 284 feet per second, which I love to be in that 280, 290 range because it's super forgiving, plenty fast, plenty of kinetic energy. Um, that's that's honestly that's a sweet spot for me. That's that's where I like to be, two hundred eighty to two hundred ninety. Um yeah, that's that's my setup, man. And I've been right there within, say, a couple grains and a couple feet per second for probably the last five years. And I I, I see no reason to to switch any of that. I mean, absolutely love the tack veins. Um, love the sever, shout the sever. Absolutely love those sever mechanical heads. Just super tough, devastating, giant holes. Nah, I mean, I don't, I don't switch for anything. I mean, that, the only time I switch heads is if I have, if I hunt Idaho and that's a fixed blade state only and i shoot uh kudu point 2 blade 125s but outside of that man i i never i never take uh never take those severs off and i i never change anything so from turkeys to whitetails to mule deer elk whatever bears um that's 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 my combo man
0: goddamn you're a calculated man um <laughs> See, oh, man, I'm so bad at Instagram names. I wish people would help me with their. Na- I-, I wish people would be like, "This is how you say my name, Kurt." Whenever we this <laughs> question, was. I love it, dude. I read. <laughs> quick little side note: at the bow shoot, there's dudes I know, uh, like hardcore supporters that are local that I I personally know. And I fuck up their names because I'm reading it and I'm nervous because I'm in front of a crowd and I yeah. butcher it. And then they look at me like, "Do you just fucked up my name. I'm like, dude, I know you. I know. I'm sorry. Like, I'm nervous. All right. Like, but I'm not nervous on this recording. I just don't know how to read it. Right, um, I'm dumb. Right, right. I got a wage brain. Um, CG, man, C. Gerardin. C. Gerardin. Uh, how many pictures do you need to get a? And this kind of goes back to your rule of three. How many yep. pictures do you need to get of a buck before you consider it a pattern?
2: Yeah, I mean, it would it would come back to I want to see a buck do something in daylight three times or two times and I'm going to be there for the third. So realistically, if a buck hit on a south wind two times in a week, I'm going to say that's a pattern and I'm going to be there for the next south wind. That I, I think yeah. that would be the, the best example I could give for what's going to get my ticker going as far as, okay, I'm going in to to kill this buck um, based off of that rule of two – or rule of three. I've seen him do it twice. I'm going to be there the third time.
0: I love it, man. Um, This is a cool – it's not really a – oh, excuse me. Not really a question, just a comment. Um, Billy Nat 10, I love to see an Ohio guy out there grinding. Hashtag working class Podcast.
2: Yeah, local guy. Um, Billy's, uh, he probably lives about 15, 20 minutes away from me. I've actually uh, drank quite a few beers at the same parties as Billy and been around Billy. He's Shout a couple years Billy. younger than me, but yep, yep. Shout out to Billy. Good dude.
0: Shout out to Ohio, man. Um, Ohio Classic. I was super bummed that this last Ohio show oh, got canceled. No doubt, um, man. Some- Ohio was the first state, Wisconsin's a close second. Ohio was the first state that actually, like, opened our eyes to the support we have.
2: Oh, dude, hardcore um, working-class hunter, Hardcore, we, man.
0: Ohio never brought... I mean, Iowa... I'm sorry, Iowa, but Ohio outdid you the last... It would have been 20... Well, it have yeah. been 2019, right? Fuck, dude, I'm all yep. mixed up. Ohio outdid you guys. We had more people from Ohio bring us cases of beer and show up in traffic and everything. Uh, Iowa was pretty good last year, but... Ohio just has got it, man. You guys out yep. there are a different breed. appreciate you guys.
2: A lot of um, hardcore WCB fans out here in the Buckeye state.
0: I'll take it, man. Um, dot Z- Z- hunt, man. I hope I said that right. I apologize. What do you think separates you from the average Hunter? Congrats on the bull and buck.
2: Ooh. That's a good question. Um, I would say, yeah, that is, well, that's a really good question. Um, what I can say about that is that there there are definitely guys out there better shots, better shape, um, better just attributes th- than what I have. There's no doubt. I mean, the hundred. I mean, there's always somebody out there bigger, faster, stronger, better. I would say what I have adapted to, and what I have put in my pocket, what, the three things that I rely on would be. I've always got a fourth quarter mentality. So I love that, um,
0: dude. I fucking love that.
2: If if you if you want to relate it to sports, Kobe, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. Nobody will ever convince them that in the fourth quarter on a game winning drive or the ball's in their hand, they're down one, they're not the one that needs to be the one that, that, that makes it happen. Like in their eyes, they were born for that moment. And I think that fourth quarter mentality of no matter what I do on a hunt, this is my last stock. This is my last chance. This is my last shot up. I mean, I just, I put myself in that pressure moment to zone me in. And I I just think, I just think I hyper-focus constantly by, by, calculating moves because in my head it's always the fourth quarter time's always running out i've this is my last chance so i i think that makes me a very dangerous bow hunter as far as when i'm in the moment i'm hyper focused i would say i think the three p's that i talk about persistence patience and perseverance i've learned that the hard way i mean it's taken me getting my ass kicked to realize that those three Ps, if 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 you follow those sooner or later, you're going to get your break. Um, I think that's very important. I think a lot of guys lack patience. A lot of guys lack persistence. A lot of guys lack perseverance. And if you can put all three of those in your pocket to where you don't get rattled, um, you don't lose your cool and lose your patience, and you persevere constantly, no matter what's thrown at you, Excuse me, sooner or later, something good's gonna happen and 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 you're you're gonna stay in the game. Um, and the last but not least, honestly, man, I just fucking believe like I believe in myself not in a cocky way, but just in a like I know what I'm capable of, and I truly believe when I'm out there, like, for lack of a better phrase, like I'm the most deadly motherfucker there is in the woods. like and I just I just have that mindset of i'm I'm out here for a reason. And if I get my opportunity, I get to bend my limbs back. I believe in myself that I'm going to make it happen. And this goes for life, for sports, for whatever you want to put it at. If you don't believe in yourself, man, nobody's going to believe in you. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I just feel like for me, I am constantly like, I mean, on that elk hunt, I remember laying in my tent and being like, all right. It didn't happen tonight, but it's going to fucking happen tomorrow morning. If it don't happen tomorrow morning, it's going to happen tomorrow at noon. If it don't happen tomorrow at noon, it's going to happen that night. Or, the, I mean, it's just like I'm constantly believing around the next corner, over the next mountain, um, the next day, the next hour, it's, it's going to happen. And then when I'm in that yeah, moment. You don't
0: not think it's going to happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, you just you just you have to believe, man, like you've got to constantly believe that you're going to pull it out. You're going to pull the rabbit out of the hat you're going to pull it out of your ass like you're you're going to make it happen and if you don't believe in yourself no offense but dude don't even waste your money and go on these hunts i mean honestly like you've got to know and be confident in yourself and believe in yourself that it's going to happen because i think confidence is 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 confidence is killer and if if you've got confidence in yourself man you just make better decisions and you, you hunt harder, you hunt smarter. You just make better choices in the field and those better choices will pay off down the road. So great question. I've never, I don't know if I've ever really actually been pinpointed down on that one, but that was really fun to honestly kind of get in my head a little bit and think about it because like I said, it's not, you know, it's a great question. I mean, like I said, it's, it's not a, it's a hard question to answer because you know, there's, I'm not, you know, some Olympic athlete. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a working class guy. That's got two little boys that farms and works for county highway engineer department. Like I'm, I'm not some, I'm not cam Haynes running around the mountains. I mean, that's, that's just, that's not, that's not, you know, who I am, but if you, but if you ask me when I'm on a hunt, are you as good as him? I'd say, no, I'm fucking better. Like in, in my, in my mind, I'm the most deadly guy out there. Like, and that's just. That's just me having that belief and that confidence that I, I will get it done. And like I said, I, I think that is what separates me from other guys that are like me, the mental aspect. I've just learned how important and how tough that is. And once you gain that, I honestly think you go from being a good hunter to a great hunter because 99% of this game is mental, in my opinion. It's mental.
0: I love it, man. That's a I love it. I really do. Great answer. Uh, great question. Um, yeah, great question. Rob Olson, 91. Thank you, man, for the support. I see your name a lot. Um, fuck yeah, Clint. What are your top three pieces of gear that aren't your bow for your Western trips?
2: Top three pieces of gear that are not my bow. Well, number one, um, your sleep system is extremely important because that's your lifeline. So... For me, I run either um, Big Agnes tents, um, I've run bivy sacks and things like that. I've run teepees from Kafaru, um, but typically I run either a, a Big Agnes um, one- or two-person tent or a Hilleberg Atco, which is like uh, you can get a one- or two-person tent there. Late-season stuff, I run a Kafaru teepee with a stove. Um so definitely sleep system um as far as or, or or sorry um your 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 tent um sleep system would probably be next if you're not getting sleep even if it's only 5 hours if you're not getting some decent sleep you're you're totally screwed um i run a big agnes um let's see it is a qxl sl2 pad in a Western Mountaineering, um, badger bag, super, super lightweight. I think my bag is 19 ounces at 15 degrees. So, um, a lot of warmth to weight ratio with very few ounces packs up super small, um, that pads four inches thick. So my sleep system uh, is very dialed. It's very precise as far as, you know, um, I'm not gonna lie, the shit costs a lot. The pads, a couple hundred bucks. Sleeping bags, five or six hundred bucks. I mean, it's it, you, you pay for what you you pay for what you get, man. I'm but. telling
0: you, I have uh, I have very entry level like sleeping bag, sleeping pad type shit. Yep. And when we were on our bear hunt, we were in we were in more than comfortable than oh, normal yeah. situations. Yep. yep. But it was still cold. Yep. And yep. I'm cold, and I look over at Clint, and he's got this set up, and this motherfucker's in his boxers hanging half oh, yeah. out of his yeah. sleeping system. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like I'm cold and I'm wearing like my hoodie. I brought sweatpants and I'm like bumbled up inside my sleeping bag and all this on my sleeping pad. I look over and Clint's half hanging out of his and his is like a third of the weight of mine. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And you're like, it's just, dude, it's different. It's just different level oh, yeah. of equipment. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right, dude. It's so you saying it's expensive. Yeah. That sucks for the guy oh, yeah. who's de- who yeah. does one trip a year, yeah. Yeah. but it does, but, but you'll God have it forever and yeah. it's
2: it's worth it, man. And, and, and the thing is, is those pieces of gear, they are, they are allowing your body to rest. Like if you don't have a good shelter and, and the wind is blowing and you're, you're fucking getting rained on or you're cold. If your sleep system sucks, um, The third item I'm going to say is your pack. I'm a shout out to Kafaru, Aaron Snyder, Dana Monroe, Frank, Tort, all them guys. Huge supporters of me. Been with them for years. Um, I can't tell you how many times those Kafaru bags have saved my ass. I mean, no matter what the weight, and I've had 130-pound pack outs. I've had... My camp, plus a mule deer, I've had that freaking bull. I mean, I, I've packed a lot of stuff out with right now I'm running the uh, the hoodlum um, with no lid and, and two large pockets. And I mean, and I can go in for 10 days with that and, and, with, and carry everything I need just fine. 10 days, your pack, your sleep system and your tent, those are your lifelines. You have to have that. A, a close fourth place would be boots. Uh, Shout out to Crispy, huge fan of Kendall and all the guys, Jason, all the guys over there at Crispy, absolutely love those. But these are things that they allow your body to be comfortable and to get rest and to, you know, if your body is jacked on day three of a 10-day hunt, you're in trouble. If your feet are blistered on day four of a 10-day hunt, you are in trouble. If you're cold, freezing cold on night number two, and you can't sleep and you can't get warm, you're in trouble. I mean, this is lifeline stuff. Like this isn't you're in your backyard camping, you just go into your house. You're ten miles deep and you're freezing ass cold on the side of the mountain. Dude, you're you like you're in real trouble. I mean that's that's bad. That's not good. So that would be yeah. my three things. That'd be my three things. I'm actually giving you four with a tie for third place because I think boots are equally as important as those three.
0: Yeah. I like it, man. Great answers, and man, I have some some of those experiences firsthand. Um, and I'm rewriting my game as I go. I'm learning. As I kind of, I,
1: I, I, I kind
2: of forgot about the bear hunt. It's funny because that one morning, I woke up to do something. I'm in my boxers, and you're like, you like come out of your sleeping bag, and you're half asleep, and you're like, I don't understand. How in the hell are you in boxers right now with a t-shirt? I'm like. I don't understand how you're in your hunting pants, a beanie and a hoodie.
0: Yeah. And not and, dying. And, and you're like,
2: I'm freezing.
0: I didn't want to get out of my sleeping bag to go like start the fire. Right. <laughs> and
2: I didn't even want you guys to start the fire because I was sweating. <laughs> yeah.
0: And like your shit's like packs into a thing about the size of a beer can. And <laughs> my thing packs in the size by the handle of some cheap ass McCormick's <laughs> gas station vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, my stuff is decent, right? Like, it's decent for trailhead oh, camping. Yep, yep,
1: yep. But it's yep. not
0: good for backpack 12 miles no. in camping.
2: No, no. Because the, the biggest difference is it's going to be your cost to weight ratio. And, and I'm just going to be honest with all the listeners. When you start diving into hyper light or ultra light backpacking gear, you are going to spend money because it is literally –
1: the best Twice
2: or three <laughs> times lighter, warmer, and better. It's no different than going and, and buying camo at Walmart or going and buying Sitka. Yes, both can work, but there are certain applications where you need your clothing to keep you alive. And in those applications...
0: Emphasize four, on certain applications right there is it, like the key part absolutely. of that. Absolutely,
2: Certain applications, you've got to have certain stuff... And, and during those times and those moments, the $40 sleeping bag from Walmart, is not the, that is not the bag to have when you're 10 miles deep in the Colorado high country. And,
0: and let me add this, too, before anybody criticizes us on this platform. It, no piece of equipment, brand, or clothing is safe on this podcast. And that's because no. you'll have one listener that, like you just said... Sitka, whatever. This applies for this situation. And there's another guy that'll come on as a guest and say, you don't need Sitka. You can do the same thing with Walmart camo as you can do a Sitka camo. Not always true. Depends what you want out of it. And I have experiences on, I think, both ends of the spectrum. And I know where it meets in the middle. And I know where I lean when I'm doing some hardcore shit. I might buy some stuff and not talk about it. Um, And if I do some lower end stuff, um you know, yep. I can get away with some camouflage wranglers
1: and yep. some Absolutely. certain
0: spots and that's what Absolutely. I'll do. So. Absolutely.
2: And, and there's certain applications where you can get away with that and it's not going to affect you or I should say it's not going to hurt you, but you take camouflage wranglers into the Colorado high country with me and on day number one, you are going to be literally miserable, you know? And so it's like you know it's 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 all application it's all yep application it's all application
0: uh moving on russell begin bagett a thousand percent one of the most underrated guys in the game at uh, casper clint that's pretty cool
2: hat's hat's off to you my man i i really uh i truly appreciate that um that's uh that that is a really that's a that's a cool ass comment i've i've never been uh I've never been part of that conversation or even thought I was part of that conversation. So man hats, I'm hats off that you think that and and support me like that, dude, that's, that's cool as hell. Uh,
0: Hunter Simmons asks, uh, how much do you pay attention to the moon? And if you do pay attention to it, what are you looking for?
2: Good question. I'm a, I'm a big moon guy. I've killed a lot of my bucks, um, prior to during or after the red moon. Uh, we'll go over that real quick. So red moon. So you've got, uh, your moon is peaking overhead or is underfoot right at prime time. Like, so when it coincides with like your usual dawn and dusk movement, um, during those times, you're really in for a hell of a treat. Now I'm not going to, I don't want people to think that, okay, it's a red moon night. I bought the moon dial tonight's a red moon night. I'll just go sit anywhere. A big bucks and walk by No, that's, that's, that is, that's not, you know, that is not the case. What it is is it's, it's – those times are proven, and you can look this stuff up. Harvard's done it. University of Virginia has done a really good study on this. Um, Alabama. There's a bunch of big-time colleges that have done studies on this. The red moon, when that moon is peaking overhead or underfoot, it basically gets deer up earlier, and it messes with their glands in their head. It, it, it makes them move earlier than normal so it will put a buck on his feet typically earlier than normal that gives a bow hunter or a gun hunter whatever a chance to potentially see this deer in daylight so if you're in tight or you're in close to an area he's been in and it's just been out of daylight these red moon nights typically have these deer on their feet um extra the buck, the 191 buck I killed on the opening night of both season 2016, Red Moon night. Um, last year, no, or two years, uh, let's see, uh, two years ago, November 7th, I killed InLine 174 inch mainframe 10 with a bunch of stickers. Killed him uh, the day after the last day of the Red Moon. Um, five years ago, um, big big mainframe 8 that I killed in the 160s. Killed him on a hot Red Moon night in december hadn't seen him all year in daylight he was out feeding at five o'clock 45 minutes before dark i mean i could i could, I could name seven or eight bucks the day the time and it's literally within two or three days of that red moon peaking i mean it has been a huge factor to my success i also think seven days before or after the full moon is really really good Um, I think that gets deer moving earlier than normal. So I, I pay attention to that moon. I use the moon when patterning deer this buck last year, the buck I killed this year, last year, I really thought I'd kill him in October. Um, the two different times that there were red moons in the beginning and end of the month, the West, the way it fell last year, that deer was in daylight. I just was not in the right position, and I needed him to do one thing. I needed him to go left. He went right. I needed him to walk straight. He went backwards, that type of shit. But that deer was on his feet three out of the four times that I saw that deer last year in daylight were red moon days. This year, I killed him a week before the red moon, so that seven days prior, I killed him.
0: They say there's like a 14-day span or something like that?
2: Yep, yep. I mean, I mean, seven days before and after that red moon typically is really, really, really good. And if you mix that in with a cold front... Talking like to Mark a-
0: Drury, he's a falling moon is where he likes.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. So Mark Drury is huge on the seven day before and after the full moon. He loves the full moon. He loves... And most guys hate the full moon mark drury is a full moon freak he loves before and after he's the reason why i started following the full moon and not just the red moon now i coincide both of those so to answer the question watch the red moon but also don't sleep on that full moon especially if you've got a cold front before or after that full moon and red moon Oh, dude, that is money days. Those are my favorites. That's why I lock up. That's why I love October so much. If you get a cold front on a red moon day or close to that red moon or even on that full moon before or after with some cold snaps, oh, dude, money. October is my favorite month. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I've killed more big white tails in October than any month out there.
0: I love it, dude. The moon is a... Very controversial, yet it's controversial, but yet there's so much like set-in-stone knowledge that I've heard from guys I, I, I madly respect. Yep, and I'm yep. writing some stuff down right now um, that will lead into some more on this, and uh, we'll talk. Um, <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm, I'm always moving. All right, here we go. Moving on. That, I love that, dude. The moon talk is so intriguing to me. And, oh yeah
2: and and there's a there's a lot to it i'm 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 giving a five minute synopsis on on something that i could actually talk about for probably two hours but that's like the gist of it but the moon dial my shout out to my uh my good buddy adam hayes uh 200 inch tv adam owns he bought the moon dial off of the late jeff murray jeff murray used to write for bow hunting world and peterson's bow hunting um deer and deer hunting he is the one that created Moonstruck. It's a book all about hunting the moon. If you want to learn about how the moon works with whitetails, elk, mule deer, antelope, all animals, Moonstruck by Jeff Murray. Buy the book. Buy the moon dial through Adam Hayes Team 200. Type in uh, moon dial for deer hunting. It'll pop right up in a Google search engine. It's like fifteen bucks. I think there's an app online you can get for ten. It's the same thing. I'm telling you, it'll change the way you hunt specific bucks because it puts that phase of their life into a patternable aspect for you to look at. And like I said, I follow that shit hardcore, man, like super hard.
0: Good info, man. I've I've seen a lot on the moon guide and all that. Of course, everybody knows the name Adam Hayes. Um, Oh, yeah. I'm trying to read through some of these questions. Some of these we've already kind of covered, and I'm trying to look at a time sake type deal. Let me see what we got here. Um, okay, let me get to this last question. Um, t- 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 beast out zero, zero, zero Clint with, with cell cam is becoming a more common tool. What would you think their best use would be in big woods in a big wood setting? I'm supposed to be taking time off, uh, season in as a, hold on, hold on. I, I, I need hooked on phonics here. Hold on. Clint, with suckers becoming a more common tool, what do you think their best use would be in, in the Bigwood setting? I'm supposed to be taking time off for season. In as a factor, for example, let them sit, jump in jump in around them, scrapes, food, tra- uh, food or trails. I don't know why I butchered that so bad. I apologize. So if you need me to reread it, I, I understand. It's probably because we're no, three I... hours into this shit and I'm drunk.
2: <laughs> no, I got it, dude. Um, so I in a big wood setting I mean I would want to put them I'd want to put your cell cams in spots that you're going to get the most deer traffic to try to get the the best like uh census of what's around what's going on so i if if you've got oaks dropping right now you got acorns dropping off oaks um If you've got some, any type of structure that's going to constantly funnel deer yearly, like a saddle or some good funnels, a good creek crossing. I mean, I would, I would put them in spots where you're going to have high concentration of deer traffic to try to catch the most amount of your deer herd just to see what's around. Once you find a big buck on camera, then I would try to pinpoint that area and put a bunch of cell cameras in that specific area and try to figure out what he's doing. Big woods can be tough because you don't have the necessity usually of like a crop field or egg field or somewhere where he's feeding. You know, they can they can feed in oaks over here one day then be 2 miles down the street oaks over. I mean, it's it just depends on, you know, kind of the factors of where food is, but just big woods in general, I mean, I would I would try to key in on those, those spots that are high-traffic deer areas, and then once you find a buck, move your cameras and zero in on that area that you think he's at and try to pinpoint where he's betting, what he's doing, and then come up with a game plan there. But kind of the work from the outside in theory, I mean, I would put him, like I said, high-traffic areas, find a buck. Once you find a buck, then zero in and kind of get your cameras set in specific spots close to where you got the picture to try to connect the dots and see what he's doing. That, that's how I would go about it. And I've, I've had to do this in Kentucky. I've had to do this in a few spots, um, in Southern Ohio that I've hunted and, you know, it's worked pretty good. I mean, once I found a buck, I was able to, pinpoint what he was doing by running cameras and really trying to figure out where he was betting, where he was staying and, you know, locate him in the big woods like that. And with cell cams, you don't have to actually go in and check them. So that really is a, a huge added feature. So that would be my advice.
0: Solid solid advice, dude. A lot of good questions, man. I, I Oh, really good questions, dude. Really yeah. good. I appreciate everybody asking us. I think I got Most of them, we skip, I skipped just a couple, you know, um, stuff we already covered. Nothing, uh, more people just saying, Hey, congrats, you know, stuff you already responded to. Um, so I try not to skip over anyone. Um, but no, dude, I love it. I love people get our inside jokes. People get our, our humor. They get the, the dynamic of our podcast, our show. Um, the support is insane, dude. I, I fucking love it. Um, and so, so thank you everyone for submitting those questions. Of course, thank you, Clint, for taking the time. Um, we're three hours and some change into this thing, dude. It's been an absolute, <laughs> I, love t- I love it too, man. Um, we have, just so you guys know, if you've made it this far, um, we're not going to get into too many details right now, but for 2021, we have a, and I know that's a little bit of ways away, but like, you, you know, we have the hunting season and trade show yep. season, all that. We have some big, big, big things planned for 2021. We plan on really hitting hard, um, heavy, heavy, heavy stuff coming. uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Basically, if you like what we're doing, we're planning on amping it up and bringing variety, bringing quantity, bringing the full force coming in at it, just stabbing over the shield type style. So we're coming for it man um we're really gonna go for it and we appreciate your support and we hope you help help us spread the word and uh and just basically help us out in supporting us along the whole entire journey um but yeah clint like did you were you've been i i consider you part of the working class family for fuck i don't know years now
2: oh for sure it's yeah i mean i've i've pretty much I've considered myself that whether you guys liked it or not, realistically.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are though, that you are what, what we are. So it's, it's been great, dude. Our friendship is all lined up to be just like this perfect thing. And the kind of the circle we have surrounding us and the support team is, is pretty incredible. And it really is. It really is. You're, really you're, you're going to see a lot more of Clint Casper on the working class platform. So there's some cool shit in the future, man. We, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um, working on stuff every day for 2021 and uh, couldn't be more stoked and more excited for the future. And some of the stuff we have planned, uh, really, really planning on ramping this shit up like a uh, hundred times. So
2: absolutely. It's going to be fun. And before we get too drunk and give everything away, we better, uh, we, we better cut her off there before we end up just spilling all the beans. Cause we're, we're heading that way. <laughs>
0: That's right. Give us a closing man. Uh, we got some stuff coming up. I'm trying to talk you into coming to coming to the Nebraska show because I think people out there would yeah, like to meet you. Yeah, I think that'd
2: like be to... fun. Yeah, I'd be fun, man. I, I, I am. I'm. I'm going to get to a couple of those because I want to get to some other states.
0: You'll be at ATA with us. You'll be. Yep. yep you'll be at ATA yep. with us. We'll be in the Rubline Marketing Room, um, yep. and then the weekend after the ATA shows the Nebraska show in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're trying to get you to come there as well. So. Absolutely. It, you might as well just just stay at the studio for a week, dude. Travel yeah, to Nebraska, yeah. then head <laughs> just... back after
2: yep just 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 go traveling
0: right that's right just do what you do you know
2: yeah yep just <laughs> i'm not even gonna say it yeah yeah fuck it just drift right along just drift <laughs> right
0: along come on in man you don't need a tag you're fine
2: no it's fine you're good it's all good come on over
0: that's right that's right that's the way it is man it sucks to be a poacher in this this day and age don't it um, uh, it is what it is. it is. What it is. It is what it is. Well, <laughs> thanks, Clint, dude. Enjoy the conversation, man. Congrats on the elk. Congrats on the buck. Um, it's it's been crazy, man. Already this season for you. So you're pretty much done, dude. You're chilling. You you've made twenty twenty your bitch.
2: I'm, uh, I got one, I got one tag left and that is a, uh, solo cold extended hard fucking Utah mule deer rut tag. I leave November 11th. I'm gone for nine days. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be a grind. It'll be cold. It'll be snowy. Just the perfect conditions that I like. Um, it's, it's going to be a good one, man. I'm, I'm super stoked. It's my last buck tag of the year. So Hoping to finish strong. Uh, can't thank you guys enough for the support. Those of you that have tagged out, I love it, man. Keep tagging me in photos. Keep sending me photos. Love to see it. It gets me pumped. I'm glad you guys are finding success. It's awesome to hear some stories about how the, the podcast has helped you or my articles helped you or we've motivated you or we've made you laugh or, or whatever. Um, for those guys that are still grinding the seasons early, like I said, man, the three Ps, the fourth quarter mentality, and, and just fucking believe. Believe in yourself, man. Believe it's going to happen. And when the opportunity presents itself, bury that frickin' pin and drill it, dude. And, uh, yeah, go shoot your bow. Keep supporting us. Go check out the GoFundMe for Trey Liv and Clyde if you haven't already. We truly appreciate all the support there. And, uh, yeah, man, we, uh, we love the fuck out of all of you. So that there it is.
0: There it is. All right. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Thank you. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.